y'all, this is Mike. And this is Paxton. And welcome to the Mad Liberty Party, where up is down, left is right, the rum is always gone, and the world is full of clowns. Feel like the world's gone mad? Then pull up a chair and we'll throw you a teacup, because we're all mad here. Sure are, and yet again, we're having way more fun in our badness with friends. Um, today we have somebody special on. Would you like to introduce yourself, bro? Yeah, my name's Chad Williams. I am the chair of the Oklahoma Libertarian Party. Also the first elected Libertarian in the state of Oklahoma. I was elected uh, back in April to the Choctaw City Council, where I've been serving there diligently for the citizens of Ward 1 and uh, trying to keep the uh, local tyranny at bay. Okay, so that that already brings up a a couple of questions. Um, So you said city council? Yes. So tell us what that entails. Yeah, what is that? City council is is really where a lot of stuff happens that no one really pays attention to. Um, you know, everyone, people just think, you know, the city government, okay, so they, you know, they patch a few potholes, they build a park or two and just kind of do little things here and there. There's not really much need in the the city government, but there's actually quite a bit that the city actually does and that, uh, you know, the government has almost absolute control over your lives. And it has to do with, you know, you want to build something, you want to start a business, you want to uh, just, you know, do anything with your property, you have to ask permission, which is just completely asinine in my opinion. Uh, but it, it, it is what it is. So have to, uh, you know, one man show against six others. It's, uh, it's a long battle. Is so that could like you a, do, go ahead, Mike. I was going to ask if that's like a full-time job or do you have a job on top of all of this? No, I, I have, I have a, I have a day job that, that I work oh, you know, full, full time and then I do everything else. The uh, city council is, it's, it's two meetings a month. And then occasionally we have little little things here and there, uh, like coming up March 5th, we have a workshop that will be doing that all day, going over uh, development fees and stuff like that. Then we have a joint meeting with the planning commission to try to do some different uh, things for uh, our ordinances when it comes to building codes. And there goes the cat. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Fluffy. <laughs> Uh, so with the city count, like how, how often do you have to do the council work? Like, is this a daily thing, weekly thing? Um, it, it, it's every other, it's twice a month. So on the first and third Tuesdays of the month is the meetings, mm-hmm. but it, I, I get emails and phone calls, you know, per, very periodically. I mean, I would say not quite every day, but. Every other day, every you know, there'll be a few days in a row. Kind of just depends on all what's going on. Uh, we recently just had a, uh, a vote to raise our sales tax and and a bond issue to pay for the roads. And so, like my my phone was ringing off the hook every day about that. And luckily, it, both propositions failed. So now, that was good. if I recall correctly, I think someone mentioned that. Uh, initiative of yours or at least 
something that you're passionate about is the infrastructure side of things with reduced taxes. Is that correct? Um, it's, I, I wouldn't say it'd be like a priority type thing. Uh, it, it's certainly on my list. Hmm. Well, uh, break that down for people. Cause usually when people hear less taxes, they automatically like, well, but what about the roads and all that good stuff? Roads. Yeah. Well, um, see, I'm more, you know, we, we have all these different types of libertarians, right? Hmm. And so I, I consider myself more of a minarchist. Okay. And um, when it comes to roads, uh, I, I have a, a utopian view of what I would like to see. And then there's the real world view. And so the utopian world is it's a pay per use type thing where like you have, you know, like a RFID chip basically in every car. And then at every intersection of every road that is, you know, funded and it can, and these can be either privately funded or, you know, government owned, whatever, that anytime you go down this stretch of road and you cross one of these little RFID tags, it says, okay, your car crossed this. And so you've used this road you know, X amount of time. So like the road that goes in front of my street or goes in front of my house here, you know, I'm going up and down, up and down, up and down. I would pay more proportionately for the upkeep of that road versus, you know, some street on the complete opposite side of town or the opposite side of the County that I never drive across. And so, and that type of view also, because how, how are, roads are funded right now is a big mess between sales taxes from the municipalities and where Oklahoma is Oklahoma is unique across the country and that municipalities are almost 100% funded through sales taxes. Whereas, you know, other States everywhere else, you know, you can have like 15 different types of taxes. You can have, you know, estate taxes and, excise taxes and property taxes and income taxes, even on the municipal level. So Oklahoma municipalities, you know, if they're going to pay for roads has to almost 100% come from sales tax. Uh, you can get bonds from, you know, a temporary bond from raising property tax, uh, but it's not really the preferred method of doing it because you can't really borrow a whole lot of money uh, doing that. But uh, so going back, going back to, you know, my view is, you know, on the state side, taxes are paid through from sales tax, income tax, and gasoline taxes. Well, now we see a popularity of boom in electric cars. They're not paying a dime for highways and roads across the state because they don't, they don't buy gas. And, but they're still, you know, tearing up the road just as every other car is. Hmm. Yeah, that's actually kind of interesting to think about because in a way it, it, it's almost, you know, free market with that type of idea. Like if you're buying electric cars and we're paying for the roads through gas, then they're going to have to figure out another means of paying for the roads in the first place. If yeah. everyone starts switching to electric, eventually hmm. I, I would assume that's the way it would go. Well, I mean, well, they'll, they'll, what will happen is because we'll, it'll start getting to a point where fossil fuels are, are bad. You shouldn't buy it, so it becomes a sin tax, just like cigarettes and everything else. 
So they'll start taxing more and more and more and more of it till it just gets so much that you can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how they'll go about it. Whereas, you know, it was like, why not just start instituting this idea of a pay per use? You know, if you use, if you don't drive or you only drive one day a week, you're not going to be paying as much as someone, you know, who's driving 50 miles across town every day. I love mm. the idea of the pay-per-use, but definitely not the chip in my car thing. <laughs> that sounds like I know that, a that's, Fourth that's, Amendment uh, nightmare. I, I understand. That's that, that's that's kind of the trade-off. Is like, how else do you pay for roads? You know, a, a, on a free markets, you know, scale. I mean, how, well, I don't know. In, in Texas, we have a lot of toll roads, and you can like get a subscription and you got a card and when you go to get on you just swipe it and the thing goes up and lets you on yeah so that's kind of closer we could maybe do something like that well um here in oklahoma i know texas isn't quite as bad because there's like five different toll entities within texas uh oklahoma has one and it's a extra governmental department oh that sounds awful. Yes. Yeah, it's, CRs are not like <laughs> like normal people who make even lower wages can still afford to use these toll roads in Texas. Yeah, I, I anytime like I got family that lives in Austin, so if I drive down to Austin, or whatever, we always get on the Mopac and and head down there. And and even being from Oklahoma with an Oklahoma tag, you can get on the toll toll road. You just go through it, and they mail you a bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. Like they just throw some cameras out there and they catch your uh, driver's license, and I yeah. think they just cross-reference it or something like that. But so, it, but see that that works for highways, and 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 in an ideal world in Oklahoma, that could work too. Uh, Oklahoma's problem is but that maybe not you know, for the little ones. Yeah, where where the where the nuance comes is when you get into like municipal streets neighborhoods things like that if it's not if it's not like a, a private neighborhood with an hoa that pays for all those streets whatever you know i'm talking like in the middle of town where there's city blocks and stuff like that mm. how do you pay for those well the only way you can do that is you know a and in a, in a sense that paper use is a toll um but how the only way to do that was with any kind of expense or you know minimal amount of expense would be kind of like an RFID a tag or something instead of cameras because I I dislike a camera I don't like more than I would an RFID chip. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, if nothing else, you could always rip that motherfucker out. I would love to go more in details in like free economics and free market type of stuff, but before we go down that very winding road, uh, that very winding toll road. Uh, <laughs> Do you care to tell us like how you think you won the city council? I I worked harder. It, it really is. Um, my my opponent was a 17 year incumbent, and he was appointed to his position after his father retired from it. Appointed. And he was appointed, and then the next election cycle, he was unopposed, and he ran unopposed for 17 years. Hmm. And, uh, you know, because he, he grew up in the town. I mean, like, he's one of the mainstays in, in the city. And uh, he, 
also he outspent me like three to one. It was it was just you know only I went and knocked doors. I I wore out a pair of sneakers going door to door, handing literature out, talking to people, and that's how I did it. And luckily enough, you know I only won by two votes. So really, wow. Yeah. So how how exact Yay. is the voting like? Pure democratic voting. People just go out and vote at a box, and yeah, it's just like every other election. You know, they they go to your normal polling place and you cast the ballot. You know, and, and you know our ballot just happened. There was two things on that ballot for everyone. Uh, it was the city council for my ward, and then uh, mayor. There was a race for mayor at the same time. Hmm. You know, it, it's really crazy to me because I keep hearing these stories over and over and over again that there will be this kind of uh, dynasty politician that's been on the throne for, you know, 15, 20 years, been running a pose, and then, you know, a, a smaller political force will come in and all they have to do, rather than outspend the opponent, another option. well, all they have to do is go door to door. Like, it, it seems so obvious, like that's a classical politician thing to do, and I don't know why we've moved away from that so well, much. I think it seems so simple that some people maybe think it wouldn't work, maybe. Yeah, I see way too many people freaking about the money aspect of it. How will I afford signs? How will I get commercials? I'm like, dude, it's city council. Yeah. Like, I don't think. I mean, and, did and, you and have signs and stuff too, though? I did. I did. And see, this is, my, this is my first election. So, you know, I was in that mindset of like, all right, I got to get signs. So I, I go and I look, all right, how much are signs? I'm like, oh, my God, that's a lot of money. Hmm. And, and so, like, that, that was kind of, like, one of the things I was thinking about and thinking about, but I still went going door to door. But as I went through it, through the process, I, I started learning, like, okay, what's what seems to be working? Where where, where am I connecting with, with the constituents better at? Where are and, the you know, results coming yeah, from? Yeah, and it's, it was, you know, like, signs are okay. You know, it tells people, hey, I'm out here. You know, I'm, I'm running. Uh, but really, it's the, the face-to-face interaction. And, and even, you know, I started, when I started out, I had a big social media presence. You know, I was putting out there on Twitter. I was putting out on Facebook. And I, I never really did Instagram, so I'm still trying on that when I'm old. But, uh, <laughs> I don't get Instagram either. We actually got a kid to come in who's going to help. Well, not a kid, but a younger person to come in and help us with that. It's still scary how close it was, though, like how eager people are to follow the status quo. Yeah, and, and a lot of that, and I broke it down by almost by neighborhood as to how the, broken, the voting broke down. And it really came down to where, you know, my opponents were his friends, his family, and, and those that he worked with. Uh, where they lived was the ones that voted for him and mm. versus where I did most of my campaigning at. Uh, and that's the one, you know, the neighborhoods and everything that I want. So you had mentioned, you know, of course you want to hit on the issues that people care about. Was there anything particular, particularly libertarian in your, your message that was really connecting with yeah. people? I mean, well, I mean, it's not even particularly libertarian as so much as it was just, common sense governing you know well, that, that's trans, what libertarian trans, is transparent <laughs> transparency uh not spending money on frivolous things you know cause, uh, they the city a couple of years ago bought a golf course mm. 
and and see for the last 20 years they've neglected all the streets and our sewers are falling apart and, and we just got sued by the DEQ because our wastewater treatment facility was falling apart and, and polluting everything so we had to build a new wastewater treatment facility but yet then we find the funds we can go out build brand new ballparks and buy a golf course and stuff like that or and, and you know I just I connect with people I'm like we're spending money on stupid stuff instead of investing it back into our city into maintaining you know the little infrastructure that we have so yeah. that that's that's another common theme is just about anybody you talk to no matter what side of the fence they're on pretty much everybody agrees that politicians spend on things that they shouldn't be spending money on. Uh, like I, I think a classical example that people like to point to is the renovation of the uh, uh, Capitol building the same year that we were having issues with uh, school fundings, for example. We found money yeah. to rebuild the Capitol building, but the teachers were like, where's our paper? Yeah. Um, it, it, well, and that one, actually, that one goes back a couple of years because the, the state Capitol thing, they've been – I, I worked I worked at the Capitol back in 2010 as kind of an intern in college, and it uh, even back then they're like places in the Capitol are falling apart, the basement's leaking, all sorts of stuff going on. They're like we we need to fix this stuff before the whole thing just crumbles in on us. Mm. And they're like, oh, we don't have the money, we don't have the money, we don't have the money, and then. And then all of a sudden, okay, we got a surplus. And when the surplus came, that's when the un teachers union was like, "Hey, we haven't got paid in seven years. What, you don't pay us?" Well, I mean, as they should, probably. I assume. The crazy thing is, is that the government seems to rely on taxes, but they're okay with like teachers and other organizations like that going out to like the street corners asking for m money and donations like that. I don't see why that would be. That 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 to me seems like something the government officials should be doing. They should be going out to the corner saying, hey, the, you know, we don't have the funds to do this thing. We're paying the teachers. We're trying to look for extra money to repair this thing. It shouldn't be the main activity to fix the Capitol building. Yeah. Well, that kind of gets into the realm of, of uh, campaign finance, mm, you know, which, is, which is a very, you know, touchy subject with some. Um, mm. Because you know everyone wants to know where all this money is coming from for these campaigns, and it you know it. I'll tell you on the local level, it's it's, you know, it's just coming from normal people. You know, and, and for the most part, the higher up you go, it, it's the same thing too. It's just a matter of who all you know and who they know mm -hmm. to where it gets the money. Now, once you start getting on the federal level, that's that's when the the big special interest money starts really rolling in. Right. And it happens on the state level, but not as much as like on a federal level. Okay. Uh, let's see. Do we want to talk about the LP or do we want to st talk about state governance, Mike? I mean, I'd like to talk about both of them, but. Uh... How long do you have with us? I've got all night. So Okay. Oh, heck uh, yeah, so we don't have to get in a giant rush and smush things down and stuff. Yeah, we'll let you go pick out your sleeping bag real quick. <laughs> uh, I'd like to ask, you know, since we're at the same state, I'd like to ask you your opinion on our governor, uh, Stint. Up and down. There's, there's, I mean, there's been a couple things like his initiative to try to, to kind of break down some of the state uh, agencies and, and 
and consolidate and kind of make them a little bit more transparent. I like that. Hmm. Um, his little war against the, the tribes, though, is kind of that's really weird to pissing me. me off. What's going on with that? <laughs> so the tribes, you know, they have gambling rights, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not – it's been a while since I've read it, but essentially uh, they were supposed to be renewing the gambling rights, and he basically said no. Uh, so, overall picture, for Indian tribes to operate casinos, the Department of the Interior, the Federal Department of Interior, who, who basically still owns them, you know, they, they, they're not free to do their own thing. They have to get permission from the federal government. Uh, in order to operate a casino, they have to have a compact with the state that they're in. So it's a non-compete uh, clause, basically, that says the state's not going to allow private casinos in, uh, and on if the tribes will, you know, give so much money of their casino takings back to the state. And so they all made these. These compacts they sell them a, a monopoly, basically, and so they they made these contracts like twenty years ago or something like that, and the compacts expired by 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 law. They expired January first of twenty twenty. Well, in the language, the it says that they automatically renew unless the parties, you know, agreed to have a you know. Uh, renegotiate the terms of it. Well, most of the tribes didn't want to renegotiate any terms yeah. because it, any kind of renegotiation was just going to be bad for them, no matter what. Well, yeah, because so, they already had basically the best option. Yeah. Do you recall the percentage that they're giving out? Because I, I think he was asking for like 25. He He's asking, Stitt's asking for 25. What they're currently at is like Four or eight percent, something like. It's not not a great amount. No. Yeah. Dang, that kind of sucks. Cause like I like to usually, I have a tendency to want to side with the natives. Like my family, we have ties to pe people still on reservations and shit like that. It's so, like I get this like knee jerk reaction to want to like side with them, but that's kind of messed up. I think it should open up. It is a two-sided sword to that. So by opening it up, you allow like Harrah's and, and Wynn and all of them to come in and open up casinos, which most likely if they do that, they're in Oklahoma, they'd only open, if they would, they'd only open up in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Mm. Tulsa is where it would be impacted the most because Tulsa is tribal land. It, it is owned by the Cherokee Nation. Oklahoma City, not so much. Um, but it, on the flip side, if they did that by federal law, the Indian nations couldn't operate a casino at all. At all? At well, all. That's not fair, I. Because if they don't have a compact in place, they can't operate a casino. Hmm. That just seems jacked up. Why is everything so freaking twisty? Yeah, that that's that's definitely an issue. Is there any way to change that? Like at the it's only at the federal level is the only way you can yeah. do it. Oh gracious! It, yeah, you you'd have to get at least fifty one you know 
Republican senators to mm. to say they're too yeah, interested well, in selling off the native lands for pipelines and shit he, right now. Yeah. Uh, have you heard about his prison reforms? Uh, some of them. I, I haven't really caught most of it. Uh, you know. it. It's a pretty interesting thing. It's a, a lot of the stuff seems like a good idea. Um, they're, they're not doing anything actively right now. What they're doing, uh, they did like a very basic research group whenever he first came in. Um, and uh, from there... Uh, they they kind of collected some. They, they talked with a lot of like you know prison guards and things like that, prisoners, and tried to develop a picture of what could potentially help the prison systems rather than just punishing people to punish people. Uh, you know, actually trying to be uh, rehabilitating people into the system. And uh, so they, I think this was January. They it was supposed to be you know canceled and over with unless they had like really solid evidence of stuff and i guess he just rolled it over to where now it's like a full-blown research team where they're going to be implementing these uh, ideas at certain prisons uh and testing the results for that to see if they want to do that statewide apparently <laughs> but it was some interesting stuff in there um i'll have to link you the bill later i think right. i still have it somewhere but it's some pretty libertarian stuff i thought i was pretty impressed with it the first time yeah. i read through it um, I, w I was impressed, like right right after he he came into office, that he, he let eight hundred some odd prisoners out of prison. Just you know, and then also kind of the legislature helped with that, but like he he helped push along the pardon and parole board to get getting this done, and mm -hmm. you know, pretty much let eight hundred people out of prison in, on the same day, which to, to me was was incredible yeah hard to complain well uh do we want to go down the lp path sound like a plan mike yeah i first want to know like i have to ask the generic question like how did you get here to how did you get to liberty like were you always like that did you start out as something else so i i originally was, I was born and raised republican here in oklahoma you know you're either the, the blue dog Democrat or you're the Republican. And I was a Republican. Same, you know, same as everyone else, whatever. 2000 uh, was the first presidential election I got to vote in. And, uh, you know, voted for Bush. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll get Clinton out, whatever. And, <laughs> and uh, so then 9-11 came and... I, I fell into the, the hole, you know, like, oh, yeah, we got to go get him, whatever. And I just started slowly, like, he, he, yeah, this this ain't right. You know, we went into Iraq, and I'm like, why? And, you know, it just kind of followed through there. You know, I still stayed, still stayed Republican all the way through that. And then 2006, I, I think, is when I was like, kind of getting a little sick of their shit going on. And then 2008 when the financial collapsed and then they were like, all right, we got to bail everyone out. I'm like, oh. what happened to conservative fiscal conservatism and all this? And, you know, then of course, 2009 rolls around, Tea Party's firing up. I 
I'm, I'm in that. I'm down there at the state capitol and marching and all this and that and the other. Then all of a sudden, all the, you know, what what we're clamoring about is like, all right, these Republicans have sold us out. They're, you know, we got to get rid of them. And then 2010 comes along and we're like, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to still just vote for the same ones because, you know, otherwise we get a Democrat. I'm like, no, you idiots. <laughs> and, and so that's when I really, after 2010, I was completely done with the Republican Party. Uh, it's just like it, it sold out. It, it all, it just became about the label and nothing more. And, it, and you see that more and more now. Mm. And so, uh, 2012, uh, I voted for Ron Paul. Woo, Ron. And, <laughs> Fuck, then, I'm still voting for him. <laughs> but granted, I still, I still kept my Republican registration. I didn't go independent. Um, just cause you know, primaries or whatnot. And then, uh, Eventually, 2015, I started looking, going elsewhere, and then the then the Libertarian Party here finally got officially recognized in 2016. And once that happened, then uh, the registration opened up. I changed to Libertarian and started getting involved in the party, and just went from there. So, do you think there's anything in particularly different from yourself and other people that like you know that are voting Republican, for example? Um, that made you more active than somebody else that isn't active? Do you think it's just time, passion, a particular issue um, being passionate about? As far as being active within the party, it, it's more just, it's just more of a passion type thing about actually getting out and doing it. Um, most, I understand most people are going to, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll get their political opinions and whatnot. And, that, and many will be very vocal about it, but they're not, you know, they don't, they don't want to spend that the time and effort of actually going out and getting involved and doing stuff. Lots but, of keyboard is, warriors. Well, I wouldn't even really call them keyboard warriors. I mean, there are those, but honestly, sometimes keyboard warriors can be useful these days. They can actually do some stuff, get some word out. Yeah. Um, but I'm just, I'm just talking to the general public at, at large, you know, most yeah. of, most of them, are, they're not, they're not going to get that involved, you know, in it. Mm. They, you know, they talk about it and whatnot during the election season. And, and after. other than that, it's just kind of a general passing if they're going to even talk about it. Um, but yeah, it's, as far as becoming active and, and whatnot, it's, it's more, more passion than, than anything and then the willingness to work work at it because it takes it takes a lot of time i'm not gonna lie <laughs> oh yeah i can imagine oh, yeah. um was there a particular straw uh that broke the metaphorical camel's was back it just over time or was there something that finally made you snap or it was i mean it, it was growing for a while but then the when the the bailouts came that was really that the was final the straw one makes sense yeah the bell bell outs really hurt it, it's really weird like i you know being relatively young it, it, it's really weird to see a transition like whenever i think of republicans whenever i was younger like i remember them being fiscally conservative relatively speaking and now it, it's very weird like I, I, it's 
there's not such a defined line between the Democrats and Republicans anymore. I can hardly see the difference on a lot of issues. I mean, they lean, they obviously have different like characteristics that you can identify them by pretty easily, but like they're not, they're, they are the same thing basically. If you, they're yeah. all wanting to grow the state, they're all wanting taxes, they're all wanting unending war. Well, yeah, and I mean, I, some Democrats may be socialists, but the people who are running the show, they're not socialists and they're not even left wing. No. Now, like, you, you look at Biden and people are going to say, oh, Biden's so left-wing. I'm like, no, he's not. What in the hell kind of Kool-Aid are you drinking? Like, Biden's to the right of Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it, I, I look at it like as far as like when it comes to fiscal issues, you know, the Republicans will, will grow the government by creating things. The Democrats will grow it by giving it more money. Mm. I uh, I have a question from the crowd that kind of fits in here, actually. Um, bow tie to the bo- electric boogaloo asked. Uh, they had looked at your Twitter and saw that you had said a lot of stuff ab- about socialism, and they wanted to know if. Uh, well, they assumed they they were like, I'm just gonna read it. As a right-wing libertarian, would you be willing to work with some parts of the left if it resulted in more freedom for the individual? Yes, and I do already. Um, albeit, like, the, the libertarian, socialist wing, whatever, <laughs> to me, a lot of them are just kind of crazy. Because, you know, they'll, they're just like, oh, rent is theft. I'm like, how do you get to that point? <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't, it, for me, it's, if we're working towards that goal of, of getting the train turned around going the other way, I'm all for it. I, I will, I will definitely work for them. You know, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on a hill to die for if it's something that's just completely okay. out left field there. If it, if it gets the wacky tag, you might not fucking die on that hill. Gotcha. That yeah. makes sense. How do you think we can get more libertarians on that same train? Because it's basically a meme within our community to be like, oh, you're not a real libertarian. You see so many people on Twitter with that tag, not a real or libertarian. not a real libertarian <laughs> or whatever, yeah. It's just a I think most of that comes down just to the, the infighting we see within libertarian circles. You know, every every single one of us are going to hold different ideas. Hmm. Every one of us came from somewhere else, and so every one of us are going to still hold on to some sort of statist idea of something. You know, I like myself. I'm I'm more ingrained for the con- the original intent of the Constitution that you know we should have a means of defending ourselves as a nation militarily. So we should have taxes to pay for that, you know, and then of course, you know, you've got many more on the anarchist side that are like, Oh, you're a status. You're not a real libertarian. War you, hawk? you war hawk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it, it's like at the same time, we, we say like, Oh, well, everyone should be able to own even machine guns or anything like that to be able to defend themselves against anything. I'm like, so why is that not the same, same principle when it comes to, you know, the, the, the nation defending ourselves from a foreign power? 
Well, I don't think people stop to think that if that was in a monarchist sort of setting, the military would be just an item of defense for the people. It wouldn't be a weapon to go kill people. Exactly. And, and, wouldn't and, be creating our, our army to go kill children in, in other countries. We'd be doing it to, like, just sit here and protect us. And yeah, like, that's and, the and American and, pastime. And, and, that's, and, that's, and that's my viewpoint is, like, we shouldn't be having any anyone forward deployed or anything like that. It, we should be here, you know, just to defend our nation. <coughs> the uh, you know the the war hawks are like, well, we got to defend American interest. Well, what's an American interest? Well, they 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 equate that to you know, Exxon shipping oil from Saudi Arabia to to Texas or vice versa or whatever. And so, well, we got to protect those shipping lanes in and out of the Gulf. No, we don't. Yeah. See the, the thing that I always hear about that, whenever you start talking about America's foreign policy uh, stuff, they start calling you an isolationist. And I'm like, no, I'm like super pro trade, like trade with fucking everybody. As far as I'm concerned, I just don't like the idea of bombing yeah, children. I don't fun, fucking care. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, about it, it's, diplomats. yeah it, like we we absolutely should trade you know it, it, I think that that's where a lot of people when when they get on that isolationist bandwagon they they don't they don't realize that that trade has a big part to do with all of that right and and and, and, and just even in the general defense question itself you know why why are we at war anywhere? Why do we have troops deployed anywhere? Well, it's for our trade, mm. and and to me, you know, it's not that we're isolationists. Is just we shouldn't be spending money to protect other people's property and interests. You know, if they want to protect it, they should pay for it. Right. See, that's that's another crazy thing. Well, there's two crazy things out of that. Is one, we're basically fighting because they want to protect their own interest themselves. And then we're like, no, we, we're going to protect it for you and just wasting money over there. Like, if the nation does not want you there, I don't see why the fuck you would try to stay there so so yeah, aggressively. I mean, like, work out a trade deal and go from there. Our, our embassies and stuff, it's pretty clear they don't want us there. Yeah. And the second crazy thing about that, I got in a huge argument the other day with uh, a couple of uh, a Republican group saying that uh, China was going to invade us, and that's why we need to have a strong military force. China's and I'm like, yeah, exactly. China's I'm like, get the here. fuck out oh, of the '60s. Cow. This isn't the Cold yeah. War anymore. Like, the, and this goes back to what you were saying with trade. That is the biggest deterrent we have to war. If China invaded us, the world economy collapses overnight. I would guarantee it. Because yes. then what? the fuck are we up no one's trading with anyone yeah. if the two industrial powerhouses of the and, world are killing each other and and then their leverage over us diminishes to zero exactly they have they have zero benefit to invading the united states yeah, yeah. the, the world war three is such it, it's in the very like i i love geopolitics it's one of my biggest things uh, i've been studying it since i was like 12 years old it's always fascinated me um and like world war three is such a small threat like it it's just not 
a reality, really. Like, unless, short of nukes going off, it's just not a reality. It it really isn't. Because they're so scared of it. They do understand that it's mutual destruction. Russia's not going to invade the European Union. China's not going to invade, you know, India. Because there are so many people going to die. And the economy collapses, and that's the end of the world. That's how World War III is. And it's not because of the nuclear blast. It's because of economic crisis. It, yeah. We would be going back to the Stone Age just with economics. Exactly. That's a good thing, though. In my opinion, it prevents that stuff. It prevents millions and millions of people from dying. Yeah. And, and we've, I mean, if anything, history should have already taught us now that the, the threat of world war, like we saw in the early 20th century, is completely gone. And it's just, they're yeah. proxy wars. That's what we exactly. get, proxy wars. Exactly. You know, and that's all we've had. It's, you know, Russia had Afghanistan. We had Vietnam. And now, you know, we're reversing yeah. now. And Russia's got got its own little breakaway countries. And we've got Afghanistan and Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, Russia want, wants their play in it because they have their big pipelines that go in through Syria now. And so that, you know, that's, that's how it all it, there's never going to be any kind of outright war. No. Um, so speaking of uh, the world ending, why don't you tell us about the well, like what your job entails as Libertarian Chair? All right. So as the chair, I'm pretty much, first and foremost, I'm, I'm the face of the Oklahoma Libertarian Party. So if you know media or anyone contacts, whatever, I'm the one talking to them. But you're already dividing uh, the state with that hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud, <laughs> but uh, no. The the other the other thing is is setting the vision and, and the kind of the course of action, how we go about growing the party, um, the devoting resources to different things. So for either outreach or candidate recruitment or candidate development, which is the one thing I'm I'm really trying to do is candidate development. I. I I've been very vocal even since before I, I was elected to chair that the way the national had been going for several years now was just this paint the ballot scheme where they're just like, oh, we want libertarians on every election ballot across the country, up and down the ballot, whatever. And I'm like, that's not going to grow the party. All that's doing is just wasting money and, and time and resources because, you know, in, in Oklahoma, you can petition to be on on the ballot, but most people just pay the filing fee. Whereas other states, you have to petition, and so all that all that does is just you know you got man hours out there petitioning to be on the ballot, and for someone that's like I'm just on the ballot just to be on the ballot, I'm not actually going to campaign and try to win. And so it does it really does nothing for the party whatsoever to paint the ballot. It doesn't. It doesn't change any minds. It doesn't even pique interest in, in in people's minds about voting because most of the time they see independents or whatever on the ballot all the time anyway. They may, they don't give two craps about it unless the, the independents actually out there, you know, making a name for themselves and and doing good. Yeah, from what I can see out there, like observing the local elections and stuff, if you don't get your face in front of people, like if you don't show them you exist and make them remember you, they don't fucking vote for you. Yeah. Like. So how 
how does the national LP affect the state LP? So, is there much hold? There's not really much hold. We, the, as the state, we have we have quite a bit of autonomy. Hmm. Um, you know, we just we we have to operate within the the confines of the national bylaws, but it's not it's not very restrictive. Um, it's it's more of you know what the LP's property and what's theirs is theirs whatnot. But I mean, they, they do help out a lot, quite a bit. Um, they they were very helpful with Oklahoma getting the ballot access that we have. Uh, they 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 gave us quite a bit of money to help do the petition, um, which also kind of coincided with 788 at the same time. So that 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 all helped out with that. And uh, so they they also give us some other resources. We have. Our, our website's linked to a national database, so all, all of our members, anyone that, that that reaches out to us, you know, we, we have a, a general database, and if it's even if it's someone that's in, like, Pennsylvania, like, hey, I've got a cousin that lives in Salisaw is interested in getting involved, how would we do that? And are like, hey, just sign up anywhere, and then it gets shuffled down to us, and so we, we, we can find that. And then from there is where I have to come in. We're just, I was still trying to build and uh, try to build out a lot of infrastructure on the state side of it because we're, we're still so young and, and not a whole lot, you know, of knowledge and, and manpower to, to do stuff. You know, I like I, I was trying to get you onto our mailing list. I have to actually manually add you to our mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough. A, yeah, it's not an automatic thing. So you know, we we we've got that, and and that so that that's kind of pretty much all the ties that that the LNC has with the state affiliate. Yeah, I hate to bust in here with a little bit of rando advice, but uh, if you guys use WordPress or something like that, you can get uh, a thing that will automate your the formation and the send outs of your newsletters so we um i'm kind of looking into something of that nature uh our problem is is incorporating it into it because our website and everything is tied to the national side of it because like if you go to some of the other states like uh kentucky or georgia or whatever uh the, the websites will look very similar to ours it's because they're all built off the same template and even parts of them are intertwined. So, like, if someone from Oklahoma was going to the Georgia, went to the Georgia convention or whatever, we could see that you know they're donating over here, they're donating over here, or you know that they okay, this member has moved now. They're not in Oklahoma; they're they're in North Carolina or whatever. And so that it kind of kind of gives a, an overshot view of how how we're growing nationally, but we still have a lot of, you know, control on the state level of that. Do you think the anonymity or the autonomy from the national is good or does it better or does it cause more problems than it's worth? I think it's good. Um, I know a lot of people still don't kind of like it. And, it, and I look at it this way. So the overarching goal of the Libertarian Party, the National Libertarian Party, 
is to run the party how they would see the government being ran. The, in, in very small, not, you know, all in everyone's businesses in the states are the ones that run the show. And, and so we kind of, I'm kind of trying to push that along and build out to where our counties are the ones running the show, our regions run the show in the state of Oklahoma and where the state party just kind of, you know, make sure that there's no fires or, or anything like that. Yeah, and these days with the type of technology we have, we can really organize without, you know, like much easier without actually having to like intertwine the organizations and shit more. That's yeah. always nice. I think that, do you think that, that that's true? Do you think that right now as our technology is growing, we have a better chance to show people that we can be more independent um, and like i do but it's still like there there are aspects of, of just being in a room full of people that that makes things a lot more productive in, in my mind as far as you know going out and doing stuff um technology is does quite a bit of other things it, it just it changes the dynamic I put it that way. It kind of it changes the dynamic of how how things are done. Uh, so I mean, it, there, there's good, but there's also you know some bad that comes with it because then, then it's like, well, I, I need to do this, and or then you know people like, oh, I can just you know get on a Zoom meeting, whatever. Like, oh, this came up. Like, oh, this can wait, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and because they're at home, and so they get you know there's distractions can happen and this, that, and the other, whereas, you know, you're, you're setting time to actually go do something that you're there. I mean, that, that's just, you know, there's pros and cons to it. Yeah. Doing it uh, remotely has a certain extra level of herding cats added to it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, um, you had mentioned the development of candidates. What exactly are you trying to do in so, that regard? Um, what I'm trying to do, and and I and I've this is why I've kind of led by example of this is I want to build a base of candidates that have experience running successful campaigns, uh, been elected to a local office, and then move up to a, to a net, another higher office like that, and so that way we get a kind of a, a network of those that are like, all right, this this works here, this doesn't work, this that and the other, because every state's going to be different too. You know, we can't we can't just look and say, oh, well, this is working in Ohio. Well, that may work for Ohio voters, but it doesn't work for Oklahoma voters. Right. So, you know, it, by doing this, we, we kind of grow a base of like, all right, this works, that that doesn't work. Let's We can try this, do that. And so when, when someone comes in, like, I want to run for office, okay, well, where you want looking to go and what, what are your expectations type thing, okay, you know. Well, let's start, try start here. We, we can find some stuff like, all right, this, this could be winnable or like, all right, don't set your bar too high. Or, you know, like I, I had someone, you know, it was like, I want to run for U.S. Senate against Jim Inhofe. I'm like, okay, so um, you got a kind of a plan on how you want to do that? I'm like, no, I just, what do I need to do? I, I'm going to beat him. I'm like, no, you're not going to beat them because you know <laughs> the filing dates in in a month and a half. <laughs> so, 
and he's got mm. like two million in the bank. There, you ain't beating him. <laughs> Maybe so, you should start preparing right now. And yeah, and, and that's and that's what, <laughs> And so, like, part of our candidate development also is taking those that you know they that really want to run the office or haven't ever done it, but like don't know where to start. Like, okay, well, we've got a candidate over here that's running for for whatever office. And we've got a good start here. How about you help out on their campaign so you can see kind of the ins and outs of, of running a campaign. So then when it's your turn to run, you know what you're doing and you get a head start uh, running for that office. So that, that's, that's where I'm kind of going with that. That you know, we, we're developing a lot of, getting a lot of good information. Like there's some things that are universal around the entire country that, that, that work for campaigning. And we get input from consultants, uh, and we've got the the national uh, has a team, uh, Kara Schultz and Apollo Pizzell, uh that have been working to get more local candidates in, in office, and that's you know they're they're trying to switch that focus of just painting the ballot to you know getting building that base, and so that that's where kind of candidate development comes in what we're looking at so that being said um i i am interested in running for office hopefully either you know the next year or two at the very longest um what my whole plan is just to do volunteer programs i think you know to start building reputation for actually being able to get things done with minimal government intervention at that um are there any particular projects that the Oklahoma LP is currently doing that's volunteer based uh, or got, any plans to do that? We, we, we got plans abundantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, the North central region, Aaron Adams, uh, the chair there, uh, her and, and a few others in that region are, are, are going to start doing patient drives uh, and that's more of an outreach thing, but also it, it kind of gives a, a, a more volunteer base of, of trying to help people outside of, of the government of, you know, finding ways of, of helping them with whether it be, you know, drug abuse, whether it be, you know, mental health issues or, you know, things like PTSD or anything like that, you know, it, it, it's more, it's more of a, we come to you, not you come to the government type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, go ahead. So, uh, but then, I mean, there's, there's a whole host of other things. Now, as far as the, the LP itself, the OKLP, uh, doesn't really have anything really, you know, main mainstream going right now. So, okay. I mean, it, it, but we're always open to ideas and, 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 you know, if they're, if they're feasible and, you know, not going to cost us a, a boatload of money, we're, we're always on board. Okay. So let, let, let me do an idea pitch at you if, if you'll, if you'll okay. have it. So what I plan on doing, uh, is basically going around to, uh, churches and other community organizations like the YMCA uh, and offering community gardens uh, because they're always asking for food drives and uh, it's 
it, I mean, it, it seems like a no-brainer. A lot of these churches uh, have massive amounts of land. Uh, it, it doesn't take much space at all to do a garden. Seeds are, well, dirt cheap. Uh, yeah. The only thing that you really need is basic labor of the gardens. Um, and even that is really not that much. Uh, so that that was my basic plan, is trying to go to all these areas, especially areas that uh, have a lower income, because uh, these families are needing food. Uh, mm -hmm. On top of that, ideally trying to get people to uh, teach, like ha having cooking classes as well, because that's a whole other concern, is a lot of people don't know how to eat healthy foods or cook those healthy foods. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that would take a lot of man hours i mean one person to cook to, to do a cooking class isn't a lot in my mind at least and then as far as the gardening goes that's volunteer work yeah um so here's kind of a, where, where distinction will come in where it's um the libertarian party versus libertarians and activists hmm. and um I am, I'm more on the lines of, of more of the, the political, like trying to change politics and, and change government from within. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's quite a few that, that want to change it from the outside, which is great and is absolutely necessary. Uh, so, and, and like when it comes to stuff like a community garden type thing, you know, as far as the party itself, yeah, we'll wholeheartedly endorse, you know, go for it, go do it. It's not something that it's like, we, we would more use it for an outreach type thing. It's like, look here, here, we, we just showcase it. We just advertise it, you know, like here's, here's one way where we can feed, you know, families and low income families without using other people's tax dollars. Right. Exactly so. if I'm correct, but that seems like something you might take to like your county pod and ask them if they wanted to help you with it. Like, cause they're there in your neighborhood and it's their neighborhoods. And yeah. And so, and so like <coughs> using the, the, the party as the volunteers would work, you know, for doing the actually, you know, doing the volunteer work, you, you know, the parties can go out there cause it, 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 what it does is you can, we can use it a, as kind of a, a, a media thing and an outreach thing. Like, hey, look at us. This is what we're doing. Yeah, we really need to show people that people are going to go out there and do that stuff. Like that's, when they did the government the shutdowns, and we point. had yeah. all those videos of libertarians going out and cleaning stuff up, being like, oh my, I'm cleaning up and there's not government here. What do? Yeah. And, and so that, like those type of things, I would say it'd be more, you know, like, like Mike said, on the, on the county level, you know, as sure. a county party doing that and getting together and doing those little cleanups and things or whatever on the state level, on the other hand, it's just hurting that many cats into a small area is, is, is beyond the, the scope. And so that, and I, that's why I said I kind of draw draw the distinction because I'm, I'm more on the uh, I'm trying to get candidates elected to office and I, I'm trying to change policies on the state level which which we've actually been fairly successful at lately 
as what far as exactly, doing that. Good, as far what as the exact goes. part do you play when you're trying to help candidates? Like, what do you do specifically? So what I do specifically, and, and it kind of goes above and beyond my stated duties as chair, but I, I try to point candidates in the direction of uh, what they need to do legally, you know, because most of the time when someone comes in like, I want to run for office, they have no clue what in the world's going on when it comes to ethics reporting and stuff like that. And so, and that can get candidates into a lot of trouble really fast. And, and it can even, you know, land you in jail if you're not careful. So that's, you know, it, I, I try to try to educate candidates on, on that stuff first and foremost. So it's like, you know, you're not going to win any office if you're behind bars. So <laughs> yeah. we start. We start there. The next thing I, I do Don't is, ha, 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 ha. but uh, the, and the next thing I, I really do is, is I really um, kind of just share my experiences. Uh, I Chris Powell's a good good inspiration for sharing a, a campaign experiences. Rex Lawhorn's real good at sharing uh, campaign experiences and, and not, and no two person, you know, myself, Rex, Chris, even, uh, Josh Clark, who, who's also elected official, you know, our experiences running for office are all different. So like, all right, so like, here's some nuances here. Here's one like general thing that worked for all of us. And here's, here's, you know, one thing that worked for Chris didn't work for me may have worked for X, you know, here and there, but, uh, those type of things. And, and just my, my biggest push though, is just making sure the candidates are aware of, you know, their obligations. And, you know, if they're running for office, like, you know, CYA and, you know, you, you need to go this, you need to be kind of going out and doing stuff. Cause a lot of times like 2018, we had a bunch of candidates running for office and, you know, they're like, Oh, what do I need to do? It was like, uh, you need to be out knocking on doors, a lot of doors. They're like, okay. And then they never go and knock on doors. I'm like, what are you expecting to get out of this campaign? If you're not going to knock on doors or like, I expect to win. No, you're not going to win. <laughs> you don't talk to people. They're not going to vote for you. Yeah, especially if you're the new guy, because the other person has probably has at least been there for their term or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people know their name and they're running again and they don't know who the heck you are, they're just likely to hit that X there by the name they know, which is sad, but it's true. Yeah, and <laughs> and like you can only count on so many protest votes, and and really and truthfully, protest votes it's going to be less than 1% Yeah. of any election of any size. The protest vote is going to be less than 1%. So do you, do you think that a protest vote is worth it? Do you think I do wasting it or I do. Um, and how it, how it helps, especially for, for, for third party or, or whatever, like the libertarian party for us, especially, Statewide, state, statewide uh, elections, if we reach over 2.5% of the vote, then we maintain our ballot access. Uh, someone, someone coming in to it, like if the Green Party were to 
get a petition signed by enough people to become official. Uh, same with the Constitutional Party. Uh, you know, they, they have to be able to get enough votes to stay on the ballot. And so those protest votes really do count for them. It, it, it works in their benefit to, to get them on the ballot and keeping them on the ballot. And, and, I, and I'd say even if we did have the Green Party here, if we had the Constitution Party here, that, you know, if you got a, got someone that's like, oh, I'm not really on the libertarian bandwagon, but I'm not going to vote for Republican or Democrat. I'm like, well, vote for one of the other ones there. It helps them stay on the ballot because even if you don't like them, competition makes everything better. Yeah. It really yeah. does. And, and, and the reason why politics sucks right now is there's no competition. There's one party, you know, they just, one's blue, one's red. It's the same, same party. It's party. Yeah. It's very broken. And I mean, this brings me around to the question we have to ask, which is like, do you think we can fix it? And if not, if we can't fix it, then at what point do you think that full out civil disobedience would be justified? That's that's really a hard one. Um, When's the common that take came from our audience? Effect? We got some smart motherfuckers <laughs> out there asking questions. So, <laughs> this is an argument we have all the time. It's like it is. You know, we all sit around nattering about it all I the time. Like, when do we I, say no? I couldn't. I really couldn't specify when. I yeah, mean, sound the horn. You can, get, do it. you can get. You can. I mean, you you you're already going to probably get. You know, a half of you know, probably half a million across the country that are like, let's do this today, mm. and and but the majority of society is not going to be there yet, and it's. That's what I. Keep I don't saying. really like, man, know. It's like it, I don't want to die for a bunch of sleepers because they're yeah. just going to turn around and call you a terrorist tomorrow, and no one's going to learn a damn thing. Yeah. It's, Except for it, the rest of us who are already out here screaming about the Bundy Ranch and shit. Yeah. And, and you're know, like, if, when you look at, you got places like, you know, the, the, the Bundys is a great example, you know. They, they, they stood up to the government overreach and, you know, the rest of society is like, these lunatics out here are just, ransacking the government building, whatever, kill them. That old thing kind of scared me uh, during December when they, like, they had extended the Patriot Act and then they pulled that dude in, This uh, was it a senator or House representative who was there at the Oregon standoff with the people related to the Bundy Ranch and shit? Oh, I didn't and hear about that. They no arrested him. They arrested him or something. And uh, like it, it just hit me weird. I was like, they did they do that so that they could finish this? And when are they going to start calling the rest of us who like? I don't want to be an alarmist, but when are they going to start calling the rest of us who support that shit? Um, you know, like terrorists or people who like you know we're sympathizers. I, I, I can see it totally happening. I, I'm it's not a thin gonna, line. It is. Yeah. It's scary. I. What do you think about that? Like, do you think that's going to happen soon, or do you think it's something we can still stop? Or I don't Technically, know. Technically, it already I, has happened. 
I mean, to be you fair, there's leg there, there's legislation already out there that allows them to do like if if they really wanted to, well, there is legislation out there. Exactly, there's legislation out there to take us because we have sympathized with enemies of the state. That's what they list them as. Yeah, it's and, out and, there. And it's the Patriot, when it the Patriot Act itself says you can take action anywhere in the world. It doesn't say anywhere except the United States soil. Mm -hmm. And 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 Obama took took advantage of that. And, you know, and I, I wouldn't ever put it past Trump to do the same. If yeah. I recall specifically, the language of concern in the Patriot Act is basically saying anyone that aids a terrorist is an enemy of, of the state and is able to be arrested and all that yeah. stuff. But they decide who the terrorist is. Yeah. And Bundy so they, Ranch they, people they, are they, terrorists to them. And so any one of the alphabet soup organizations to say, well, this is a terrorist organization. And once they're on that list. You know, if you're associated with it, you're a terrorist. Well, yeah, and all these people who are, like, supporting, like, the um, decentralized groups, like the Proud Boys. Well, I don't know if they're – are they still – yeah, they're decentralized. They don't have a leader or anything. The Proud Boys and Antifa, like, each side wants the other group to be, like, marked as terrorists. They don't realize that they're, like, rolling out the carpet for both sides. Mm. Yeah. Now, that being said, I would kind of like to roll back to what we were talking about earlier about protest votes. And I, I believe it was Virginia. I could be wrong, could be mixing my states up. But I believe Virginia is a good example of that. If I recall correctly, the whole reason we have a Democratic governor in there now is because there was a Republican running and a Libertarian running. Libertarians split the vote. And right. a lot of people were blaming the Libertarian Party for that. Yeah, we always get yeah, we, we always we always get blamed for splitting the vote and, and really that that is the largest fallacy out there is that mm. it splits the vote. It doesn't split the vote. It it gives people who don't vote an avenue to vote. Well yeah, and in order is to... what is really what it, it amounts to is because if you if you look at like the say the twenty sixteen presidential election, you know, the the number of people who are registered to vote across the country are outnumbered the number of people who actually voted. And so if, if those people that would actually show up and vote had voted any other way, you know, it had, you know, it, you know, California's got like 17 different parties that they'll have on their ballot or whatever. So something like that, you know, it's, you're not splitting the vote. It's like, that's just the vote. You know, I mean, if you if you got you're only allowing two names to be on a on a ballot, of course it's going to split the well, vote yeah. because you're not giving people a choice. They Just that they mindset. Own the vote, you know, like exactly. they, the Just... vote belongs to the Democrats and the Republicans. How dare exactly you try and fucking, fucking take it away from us? Madness. Yeah. And the it... people will straight up like I actually during the 2016 election period. Like, after that, as we were rolling into, you know, like, complete Trump derangement syndrome periods around the Kavanaugh shit, I had people back me up and, and be like, dude, you, you're either with us or against us. I need you to swear that you will only vote Democrat. And I'm like, what? what? Did you forget who the fuck I am? Are you on drugs? You know, like, they get so crazily, like grabby about the vote it's tribalism yeah. whenever you get danger and it's 
and I, I, I look back at it like, and it's not 20, just the Democrats. It's just, yeah, the Republicans are, was a the, Democrat. yeah, the Republicans are the same way. Cause you look back at, you know, 2016, especially here in Oklahoma. So like most of the state was split during the primary it was split between Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. And like, no one voted for, for Trump. They're like, Oh no, 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 he's a Democrat. He's, 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 you know, <laughs> You should be the last person to be in office. And then when Ted Cruz drops out and, and Trump gets the nomination, they're like, oh, we're all on the Trump train. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Trump or no one else. I'm like, didn't you just say six months ago that you will never vote for him? Well, I don't. I, well, one of the things that drives me nuts is we got a lot of, like, libertarians out there on the Internet talking pro-Trump. And I'm like, uh, why? How? He's are, running you just, the are you just that scared of the Democrats or something? Because I mean, yeah. I get it if you're scared, but come on, man. Well, you got you got you got the same you got the same ones that were like I'm on the Yang Gang or Tulsi Gabbard, blah blah blah. I'm like, are, are you? Where are you getting? You know, like yeah, they agree with one issue. Yeah, like, like look at the rest of their policy. <laughs> if I was allowed to go vote on the Democratic primary, I would probably vote for Tulsi or Yang. You just like to her because she's others, pretty. But like, I wouldn't vote for them for president. No. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have voted for anyone. I would have left that one blank. Anyone. Have you way. decided? You haven't decided who you're gonna. No, on the, on the Libertarian one, I haven't decided either. Yeah, uh, like like I was saying, I, I got a I got a top three. That I, that I really like. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see some more. You know, I want to, I want to hear some more from from Mons and, and uh, Hornberger, and then Kokesh is my third one. And and I'd like to, you know, just kind of see where it kind of goes and uh, make my decision. So why why not consider Vermin? Are you uh? An anti-vermin, or are you just not um, going um, to put um, that face forward? I'm kind of half and half on the anti-vermin and not put that face forward. Uh, most simply for the fact that there's no there's no amount of convincing you can you can convince me that he's running a serious campaign when well, he openly just he's mocks like a satire against, candidate. It is a yes. satire candidate. And, and he's, he's made no bones about it. That that's all he's ever done is he's running as just, you know, the whole, you know, election process is a sham, which, okay, there's some truth to it, but I'm not willing as a libertarian to have that as the face of the libertarian party. Do you like his message though? And like what he's doing? I don't know what his little message is because it's all just been, you know, it's a sham and free ponies for all. Well, I Whatever. mean, the ponies, like free ponies, uh, from what I can understand, that's a metaphor. I, like, well, I, I know it's, it's just, or whatever, but I, like, it I, I get it. clear, right? I mean, I get, I get, I get the clear. joke. I get the joke. I've, I've heard it, you know, for over a decade because he ran for president. I'm not time. pro vermin, mind you. I'm not voting for yeah. him or anything. But I, I mean, it's really the street with them, but I wouldn't, you know, his, his message hasn't changed. Honestly, it hasn't. It hasn't changed ever. Ever. Um, well, and it's not wrong. It is kind of shammy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, there's some truth to it, whatever, but it's not 
he he's not going to win me over with with his message because it's not it's not it's not really policy driven. It's not it's not going to be out there. It's not going to help down ballot candidates. It's not going to help push the the libertarian message. It's going to push his message. Hmm. And what about uh, some of the other more, you know, like I guess interesting candidates out there, like McAfee or Berman? McAfee, I about a year ago, I was uh, I was because I didn't really know who's going to be running or what kind of candidates we were going to get. And I'm like, if it comes down to we got like another Bill Weld or something, I was like, I'd vote for McAfee just just so I could have an egocentric billionaire going up against two other egocentric billionaires. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, like on serious note, I, McAfee, I, I don't think has a chance. Um, right now I would, you know, because of the, the, my top three that I, that, that I like, I, I would vote for any of those three over McAfee any day of the week. Um, but uh, there's a few others, but they're not, they haven't been doing very well. They're not really been going full force on, on their campaign. Um, I haven't heard a lot from Soraya Foss. Um, I haven't heard a whole lot from Ken Armstrong. Uh, I, I, I kind of find them interesting. I just, I haven't heard anything from so them. Let me ask you, you know, since, since we're, we've mentioned Berman, uh, and Berman, uh, do you like the hat for Berman, or are you anti-hat? It, it seems to be split. I, I, the hat's too much. It's too much. But but after watching them at Florida with the hat off, I'm like, okay, put the hat back on. <laughs> put the hat back on. Put it on. I I like how the hat startles people, but then when he starts talking, he actually does have a oh, solid, yeah. pretty solid platform. We got him to come on here and talk to us, and he seemed like a really solid dude. Yeah, as, as far as his platform, I like it a lot. I, <laughs> I like his message and how he, you know, how he relates everything. I, I really like that. Um, you know, if I were, if I were to extend out, I mean, I'd probably put him in my top five. What do you think about, have you heard about his policy, like, where he's, like, telling people, hey, you know, like, don't forget about the party. Talk about people's points. Talk to them about what matters to them. What do you I, think about I, that? I, I, I love that. That's in, And that's exactly kind of, you know. I think we could what, all that's what I, that's, that. what I, that's what I talked about on the campaign trail. It, you know, oh, it's really? like, yeah, it's it's really like when, when I was out talking to people, I would just, I just go out there and I just start asking them questions. I wouldn't like, okay, here am I. This is what I want to do. Like, like, what would you like to see? And then based on that, I'd say, all right, here's how I would do that. And you know, it would a libertarian policy to accomplish that. And so, and I've seen, you know, it, it, it works absolutely, you know, I'd say 90% of the time, you know, when I'm sitting there face to face, you know, of course, you know, some of them are always going to give you the, the yes, but I, mean, yeah. I, I there, there's plenty that slammed the door in my face and said, get the hell off my property. And, you know, so but no, that, that, that message of, of getting across to people and, and, and relating to their needs is absolutely 100% on point because 
when it all yeah. comes down to it, you know, most most people, even with the tribalism, that the only reason why they have the tribalism is because they're thinking in their best their own best interest. You know, like I, I know I know what this is going to be. I'm I'm less afraid of this. Mm. Type yeah, thing. that makes sense. Yeah, Can, and I think that we could all like as a as a party or even as like small communities and groups, we could really you know stand to gain from trying to do a little practice of that. Can you walk us through like an average going to the door encounter whenever you're running for office? Yeah. I, it's pretty much, you, I would go up, I'd introduce myself and it, it was like, you know, where, what have you heard about what's going on in the city? I pretty much start there. It, it was, it was, my strategy was more about trying to get them to talk because mm -hmm. if I could get them to talk, then I could relate to them. Uh, if they were just completely shut out, I wasn't getting in there no matter what I said. So, you know, no, you know, people aren't, people aren't going to, you know, if, if their mouth is, if their mouth is open and they're getting their frustrations out, mm -hmm. you know, that's when you can say, I understand, you know, and, and I can, you know, I completely understand where you're coming from. This is how I would go about changing that. And, and that's, that that's really how you connect with the, the voters and that's and that was my strategy you know as long, long as i could get them talking then then i could win them over that that was my mindset that's yeah that's a good fair. idea people like to talk about themselves it makes them feel included right away i think charisma on command told me that yeah um so i'd like to circle back to uh virginia uh are, are you pretty aware of what's going on there with the gun control issues and stuff like that? Um, somewhat, uh, you know, I just catch snippets on, on, on social media here and there, you know, that like they were going to start confiscating from certain individuals or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, then there's the, the big, the big bill that I guess was to ban assault rifles right. that failed. Um, yeah, it's. Oh, I, I, that one. I, it was. It was kind of hairy just, for a minute. I just see <laughs> yeah. a bunch of like rednecks standing there going assault rifles. This here's a defense rifle. Move yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Virginia is a really good example that I think the Libertarian Party should be hammering out because again, it all relatively has to start with uh, people voting. A lot of libertarian. I think he got 20 to 26 percent of the votes. It was in the 20s, if I recall correctly, as far as the governor goes. So that caused the Republican candidate to lose, and the Democrat came into office. And I think the Libertarian Party should be hammering on that, in that it kind of shows how one how messed up the voting system is, and two how messed up the the powers of the state actually are. How how bad it can get if the people you don't want in office get that power. Uh, with Virginia, I think they're up to, I want to say, 120 uh, Second Amendment sanctuaries, uh, which is basically everywhere outside of the major cities, which is kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, like people, outside of the, the maps. It's what, pretty much everything outside of the, the six counties surrounding D.C. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah it, didn't the uh, other Virginia actually offer to take in the counties that wanted to secede or something? I thought I saw. I think that, that was satire, but was it satire? I, I'm not sure. There was so much about yeah, it. Yeah, there's. I mean, it, it kind of that can also kind of float into the, uh, the now the big secessionist movement in Oregon and mm -hmm. whatever else is going on. It it uh, all all that's going nowhere. But so <laughs> um, uh, so the if the Libertarian Party going it, it kind of a they're kind of in a catch-22 because you're playing into the tribalism then. You kind of you say, oh, see, you look what happens when, when you, you try to get someone you don't like out of office or to prevent them from going into office, and, and people are going to get defensive. They're like, well, oh, your candidate split the vote. That's the reason why he's in office. He wouldn't have been in office. It just wouldn't have been a, been a thing. That's what they're going to – That's you know, that's where they go with it. Um but as far as where you're kind of saying the way the way elections happen, it absolutely is a, is a problem. And you know, I'm 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 a big proponent of ranked choice voting, and mm -hmm. and so to me, I you know we we have that. Then it's you know you don't have that fear of, of the other guy getting in because you're you're ranking him last or not even voting for him at all. So you know he's. You know, the, this third-party candidate is not stealing a vote because, the, you know, you can vote for the guy you like and the guy that you're like, eh, you know, right. and, and the guy you really don't like, you, they're not getting votes at all. So that, you know, that's that's how you can sell that. To me, it's a good show of the, the power of the state, though. It's a perfect opportunity to say, hey, you don't like what's going on right now, and the whole reason he has this much power and authority at the moment is because you've been giving this much authority and power to these people for so many years, thinking it would never come back to bite you. It's yeah. something that we yell about all the time in here. Yeah, Absolutely. you never know who's going to get that power next. Yeah, we, you, got, you got that on the federal level. At the, just so much. It's so apparent, too, that, you know, and the states have followed suit, and I think Virginia was one of them that was given an, an enormous amount of power to the executive to, to do stuff hmm. when it should when it shouldn't have relinquished that power at all. Um, but then on the flip side, you got places like Oklahoma where um, you know it's the governor doesn't have a whole lot of power. But the legislature has free reign of doing stuff, and it's real easy for them to do things. And you know, adding constitutional amendments to where you're like, okay, all we got to take is just 50 50 percent of, uh, of the people that show up for this vote in the middle of the year uh, to say yes, and, and then you know, we have this thing that it's going to take two thirds of everyone to say, no, we don't want that. Right. I think another good example, at least in my mind, and I, I know libertarians have different perspective of this, but uh, it shows that we can do things despite what the central state government is saying. This is showing the uh, the cities, the municipal municipalities, uh, you know, have powers and things like that. They can resist things, and I think this is an excellent opportunity to show people what resistance looks like it, like they had the big second amendment rally like people were just praying that there would be a massive shootout there mm -hmm. because they wanted yeah, to have disgusting. that 
yeah, they, they wanted the violence to happen so they could have an excuse to go in there and take it. And of course, nothing happened because we're yeah. not here to start fights. We're here to say that these are our rights and we don't want those rights to be taken away from us. And we're going to resist. Yeah. I think it was probably the best show that we could have done like ever. It was way better than what I expected it to be by far. Well, I was disappointed in the whole mask thing. That pissed me off. But Mask thing. Well, like, there was a girl out there who was arrested and given a felony for having a mask on, and she denied the cops, like, three times out there in the middle of a whole crowd. Like, High Impact Flicks brought this up, the guy on there, and I, I cannot fucking stop thinking about it. Because she was surrounded by people out there, like, marching for our freaking constitutional rights and shit, and they just stood there thousands of them around her and shit they just I, let the cops take them i don't know don't you think they could have just like gotten in the way and been like what i don't what it's very loud here sir what you know well, i and think just... a lot of people had were doing it for the right and wrong reasons out there i think a lot of people were still in the status mindset they see police and they respect police out there well what do you think about that dude it there there's a lot of that it's it's there's in a situation like that, you're going to have agitators. They're going. To, they're the ones that are like, we we need this to pop off, and so we're going to we're going to do our damage to make it happen. Then there's then there's just the, your normal run the mill rabble rousers that just you know are loud and obnoxious and whatnot. And then you have the 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 peaceful ones that you know will do something if time be. Then you have the other ones that like you know. I'm out here just to kind of voice my opinion, but I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm going to stay away from any kind of trouble, or you know, someone's, someone's, you know, one of them rabble rousers are, are getting further on the other end. You know, the police are going to be coming in. They're like, oh, I'm not going to do nothing about that. I'm not going to, you know, I don't let them do their thing. What do you think about that? Do you think that we should back each other when we're out there like that, or I mean, is it situational? I, I, like, what it's, kind of it's situational, really. Um, if you're talking like someone, um, I, I don't know the specific situation with the girl with the mask, but I know there's a lot of lot of state laws. Oklahoma has one that if you're wearing a mask while committing another crime, it's another felony. It's a separate felony charge, and so like. Stuff like that just, uh, you know, irritates the hell out of me, and I, I, you know, you know, I'd yeah, stand up for lost. something like I that. Hate that. And, and From what I could tell, she didn't actually do anything else, and it was weird because there were people out there in masks all over the place. Yeah, I, I like, like I said, I don't know the specifics of yeah. that situation, but but on, on 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 a whole, yeah, it'd be a situational type circumstances. Like if it's someone out there, like. Going around and hitting people, whatever, doing that. Yeah, like, kind of yeah, like, oh, uh, yeah. you know, that brings me around to one of our other questions. You know, like, how do you, like, you said you were a minarchist earlier, um, a minarchist as your type of libertarian. And before I get to the question, I kind of wanted to ask you, what what does that mean to you? Like, could you so, explain that? Because that's a word not everybody understands. So a minarchist is basically very, very minimal government. I, I, I still believe that there, there needs to be a form of government uh, just for a matter of, of, of order and for, you know, 
mostly how you deal with situations where someone's rights are infringed. You know, uh, you can't, to me, there's no realistic way of having someone's rights restored on, you know, on a completely voluntary basis. Cause there's, you know, you're going to, every person's going to have, you know, a, a wide definition of what, what constitutes, you know, you know, if, if the right was infringed on in the first place and versus, you know, okay, so what, what's, what's just restoration to, to, you know, to remedy that, you know, someone, someone, you know, steals your car or whatever, well, obviously, you know, getting the car back would be restorative. Well, what happens if they burn the car to the ground? And what, what do you consider restoring their property? You know, well, how so. Would you, uh, how would you consider that different than other kinds of libertarians? Uh, so there's, I mean, you, you got like, you consider classical liberals and, and they're more, um, they they believe it's more just a how how much more forms of functions of government there are. Uh, a, a lot of classical liberals will still believe that the the a public school should be around. I mean, and there you're going to have the varying degrees from you know, well, obviously a lot less than what we have now, but you know, some believe like okay, yeah, we still need public schools and. You know, whereas me is like we can completely do away with public schools altogether, but we still need police, we still need fire, we still need a, a military type thing, and so you got those varying degrees going from you know how much government to you know full blown anarchists that you know they're nothing, and then on the flip side, then you've got the the libertarian socialists, which to they're more closely aligned to anarchists than than than. I would be because they're, they're more of a, you know, it's all voluntary, you know, communal uh, stuff. Yeah. Do you have any particular like issues that you're really passionate about? Um, like what, what are your top two, three issues that my, my kind of my top issues is, um, education's one. Uh, I, trying to you know get rid of the just the overarching government shenanigans and, and this asinine presumption that every kid has to go to college mm. it, it uh, you know just eliminating that to me is, is probably one of the largest things um, and then I think second only to that would probably be criminal justice reform uh, and just a complete overhaul of the entire criminal justice system because it's, you know, it's it's fundamentally broken and, and a lot of people fail to realize that, you know, Democrats and Republicans especially, you know, Democrats are probably closer to the understanding of how it's broken versus the Republicans. The Republicans see it as a buzzword. And, and and we're like okay well we'll we'll do, we'll, do, we'll do this whatever and they really don't understand it because they just you know they'll they'll write more laws like okay now it's against the law to walk backwards while eating a hamburger type thing right um, so you can't eat a sandwich here <laughs> 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 oh sorry man that's fucking horrible 
but yeah, like those, those, those two are my, really my top, my top two. Um, and then, you know, probably ending the drug war, which will kind of go into that. And then the, uh, wars all together, you know, the war on poverty, the, the, the war on terrorism, all of, all these other war on whatever, they just yep. completely failed policies and stuff. Yep, it seems like every time they put war in front of something, it's basically saying, hey, this is a buzzword and we're going to use it to take your money and kill people. <laughs> it really is. Uh, kill, kill people or persecute them. Yeah, yeah so, so I mean, like, and persecution often leads to sometimes even worse than death anyways. Like, America has its freaking history of concentration camps and stuff, you know. Ugh. We don't like to talk about that. And and what I was going to ask you about the after the minarchy thing was, like, and I think we've kind of started to already get a feel for what this answer is, but, like, how do you, like, as a libertarian or a minarchist or just as, as yourself, um, how do you feel about the NAP? And, like, is it important to you or is it something that you're kind of like, well, it's kind of a vague thing off I, the side? I mean, it, it's important. I mean, it, it's, it's just a, it's a guiding principle, really. I mean, it, 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 I don't, I don't take it to the literal like end that a lot of people do uh and, and i i've you know gotten into countless you know facebook arguments over that well any kind of force is a is a net violation i'm like not necessarily i mean because you you talk about like defending yourself you know if someone punches punches you and they're going to punch you back i mean you've got to use force to defend yourself you know, if someone's going to bust in your house with a gun, of course you're going to shoot back. Yeah. You know that yeah. you're using force. That that's not you know, you know that's that's not a, a nap Defense violation. Is force, yeah. If, uh, if someone's reading the, the, oh, well, I was I was just gonna no 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 you wait Mike. <laughs> I was just going to say if someone's using the NAP to argue that you can't defend yourself, they aren't reading the nap. Yeah, they, they didn't aren't following. Yeah. And, the and, moment and, you but, hit me, it is off. Yeah, <laughs> like but you see that you see that a lot in, in a lot of different. And well, this is why I hate Facebook. You see it more on Facebook than anything. Oh, but the, we need to get the LP off of Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'd love to just be completely done with it. Um, but no, they. I mean, even so, like a big argument that happened on the national level over Christmas was. Uh, a, a, a person who had just been convicted of a felony and was serving their sentence in prison from prison sent a cash donation to the national libertarian party to be a member with a signed pledge. And the argument was, was should the LP accept that donation? And the, the argument then stemmed from, well, there's nothing saying that we, we have to. And then, but then there's like, well, we, we have to take it because we, 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 there's nothing that says that we, we can't reject it type thing. And then 
and they made you know Nick made an executive decision to like to accept it without any you know while there was a vote on the table to actually say here and there this is a good thing and his justification was was that you know we 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 can't do that we can't say you can't I'm like well even if in this certain situation that say this person by law a foreign national can't can't donate to the political party so I was like what if it was a foreign national like you're you're saying that you can't deny that on on that deal and and you know, the you know everyone's coming well like, you're just using force if you're you're denying the the membership you're using force that's not violation like it's not that violation well are you of the <laughs> camp that believes that the nap re needs to take into consideration uh intent um if someone pollutes I mean, a river that doesn't necessarily give you the right to go over there and start slaughtering the entire corporation yeah that's why it intends in my mind always has to be read as such well, yeah, like if someone like I, hits you accidentally, maybe don't chop off their legs. That's not... Yeah, maybe be like, hey, don't do that or watch out. <laughs> and, and that's kind of a... That's what... When you're talking about if, if something something happened versus being proactive on, on a type of thing, I think that's where where some of the hang-up is, is, you know, the NAP absolutely applies to, you know, oh, we want to do this to prevent this. And like, uh, yeah, no, because then you're just forcing other people, whatever. But if yeah, it's something like, preventative. you know, you know, we're talking, so you say take environmental stuff, for instance, you know, we're. Oh, good. I was going to ask about that. So just go right on into it. <laughs> so like, you know, a lot, there's, there's so many laws on the books now about environmental things. And really, you only need one. And it's like you know, don't don't pour hazardous waste into into the drinking yeah, supply. Yeah, don't intentionally fuck up Earth. <laughs> yeah, like if it's an accident, then, then correct it. What do you think that intentionally polluting the area is a breach of the NAP? Like intentionally and knowingly doing it, like some of these corporations have. If it's that. intentional, yes, it, it, it's definitely a, a, a violation. Um, well, we definitely agree on that one. <laughs> Some people seem to think like libertarians don't give a shit about the environment, but like you know, me and Paxton, yeah, we're, those libertarians we've met are actually really passionate about it. It's 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 one of our biggest things for sure. Um, yeah, I the the environment it's usually one of the most difficult the things to argue from a libertarian standpoint, especially if you don't, like if you're newer to libertarianism and you haven't had these arguments, you don't understand yeah. how a lot of yeah, it works. Yeah, it's much easier nowadays than it was at the beginning. <laughs> mm -hmm. Be because and, and a lot I, of people think you need that central power to protect things. Yeah, and and here, there's in the, even in libertarian circles, there's arguments on this. And, and it's, the biggest argument comes down to property rights. And mm. so, as it stands right now, most bodies of water are owned by governments or by no one at all. Yeah. And so, and then the air itself is not owned by anyone. And so the libertarian argument is, well, if property rights were to be able to extend to bodies of water, the air and whatnot, then, you know, you would have recourse 
for pollution. And while there is some truth to that, there, there is some nuance to that. How, like, when it comes to bodies of water, how how do you def how could you define you know the property if you know you know say you're on a river the water's flowing someone's you know got a barrel of battery acid just leaking out in in onto their property it's on their property well it's flowing down river onto my property you know it, it, there's you know if there's some direct link to it, yeah, you can adjudicate it. But if it's just like, well, you know, something leaching into it from other people's property, you know, there's no intentional pollution. It's just happening from everything else going on upstream. You can't really tie something directly to someone. Well, then how do you prevent that? Yeah. You know, how, how do you, how does someone, you know, their property is getting destroyed by water, whatever's in the water, but you can't say, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, the, the sewage plants down the, down upstreams, you know, pumping in raw sewage or whatever. It's, you know, you, you have a harder time restoring someone's property rights from, from that. And that's, that's where the, the kind of the libertarian argument the, the nuance comes when it comes between that. So, you know, that's where to me as a, a, a minarchist that, you know, you, that's why we have courts, you know, this is, it, is to kind of help determine this thing. Is it perfect? No, but it's the best thing you're going to get. So. Right. How do you, are you a free market capitalist? Uh, do you like counter economics? How do you feel yes. about those things? Uh, I'm, I'm, he um, just sent me the very, Bitcoin thing. Oh, last did night, he? I think. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very much the free markets and, and and just government getting out of commerce altogether. I, I think I think the commerce clause of the Constitution was probably one of the the biggest mistakes of that the founders did. Uh, granted, originally it was intended one way, but then the, you know. The Supreme Court, uh, very shortly after the beginning of the country, said, "No, this applies everywhere," and then that's where you know shit went downhill from there, as it usually does. Yeah. Uh, we gotta like uh, we gotta get more libertarians like using Bitcoin because like I am shockingly confused all the time because like. When I go, hey, do you guys take Bitcoin? They don't act like a normie and go, what the fuck is that? Or, oh, my God, do you sell drugs? You know, they don't act like that. But they're like, uh, yeah, we don't know how to do that. Well, the Oklahoma Libertarian Party gladly accepts Bitcoin, <laughs> Litecoin, Dash, oh, damn. Uh, Ripple. Are uh, you guys verified for BAT yet? No. Uh, I'm still, me personally, I'm still on the fence on on that I don't. it's doing good for us like we've actually gotten donations and stuff from on our twitters and stuff from it i but, didn't uh, know it was on twitter i know it's like on the brave Bal yeah, browser but you can you can put your twitter on there you can put your facebook on there you can put your youtube on there um you can put your own private domain websites on there and people can just one uh two click donate their bat to you and stuff like that and if you if you actually like um 
want them to, you can you can give a reference. They'll make a reference tag for you, and you can give it to people, and they'll add that to your account just for like all up to seven fifty per person who uses it. Hmm. This is not a commercial. We are not sponsored. <laughs> it's gonna be so hard really for us like to get sponsored. Alt-Tech and Brave browser uses the goes and has it all integrated all nicely and stuff. So like if you get people to use Brave, they have more privacy and it comes with all the built in cool like protect your data stuff and everything and they can just one click back. <laughs> but uh, well, uh do we want to take the uh break? Yeah, I got yeah, let's take a quick break, y'all, and we'll be right back. Yeah, insert commercial. Hey, y'all, welcome to the Mad Liberty Tea Party. I'm Mike, and... I'm Paxton. Today, instead of talking about them police impeachment or how we shouldn't trust that government, we'd like to provide y'all with a little opportunity. That's right. We're making a militia. Nah, not a militia for, for the boot. At least not yet. It's time to become an activist. It's time to actually work together for a change. It's time to become a warrior for liberty. It's time to join the Mad Minutemen of Liberty. Are you sure you're not recruiting for Boogaloo Militia, dude? Hell yes! We're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. Welcome to the rice fields, mother... Drop it! Not yet, Mike. Not yet. But for now, you can join the next closest thing. We're looking for folks that actually want to make a difference and get shit done. Uh, We need those people. We need those activists. We need the volunteers, the people that actually want change to join the Mad Minutemen. The Mad Minutemen are the people in our organization that when we need something done, they're the ones we go to. When we need something blown up on social media, that's who we go to. When we need something organized in the Discord servers, that's who we go to. When we need anything done on the streets, these are the people that we go to. These are the people that are actually putting their their actions to their words. These are the people that aren't just talking about liberty. These are the people not just talking about freedom. These are the people making it an actual uh, making it an actual change in our communities so future generations can have those freedoms and liberties. If you want to join those people, if you want to stop being a keyboard warrior, I highly recommend it. And if it's something you're new to, if you're, you know, if you're new to volunteer, uh, volunteerism or activism, that's perfectly fine too. We can help you along. We can help you with the baby steps. You don't just yeah, have to. Yeah, we're gonna be there with you. Yeah, you don't have to just start a, a, a protest at your uh, congressional office just yet. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get there eventually, though. We'll start with the Twitter. <laughs> we'll start with the Twitter, yeah. But, but yeah, if you guys want to join us, you can hop over in our Discord or follow the links below. Just, uh, you know, we really look forward to getting to know you guys, and we're going to be out there doing it with you. It's not going to be you just showing up and doing shit that we tell you to do. We're going to be doing this shit with you. So if you're interested, reach out to us on our social media and... Uh, you know, get up in our Discord and, and join us. Get in on this thing. And if you're shy and you don't really want to, like, put yourself in the spotlight, we'll have a little emoji or something like that for you guys to click on, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. 
For now, just take care, be safe, be free, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. So, like, we were going, uh, since we've been going for a little while, and now we've come back from the break and everything, uh, we wanted to start it off by giving you a chance to do a plug. And because every time we come together uh, with people, we always ask them if they could pick something, what would it like a cause or something that's coming up or an individual GoFundMe or anything like that? What would that cause be for you to plug? And then we let you do it. So, have that. So, so the, the, the biggest thing we've got going on right now, we, we've got our convention coming up in March. Uh, and, and this is the, the biggest event for the OKLP uh, every year. And especially this year being a presidential year, we, we're going to be nominating our delegates to go to the nationals to actually vote for our candidate for, for president. And so we, we encourage any and everyone in the state of Oklahoma or even outside the state of Oklahoma, everyone's welcome. Uh, please, you know, go go to our website, go to OKLP.org, and, and go to the 2020 convention there and, and buy a ticket. You know, we're, we're, we've got a few candidates that, that have pledged to come to the to the convention. We were hoping to have all of them to ha- have another yet another debate, one of the last ones prior to the national convention. Uh, but we still got a few candidates that will be showing up, so you, you get to meet and greet them. Uh, we will be having that, the LNC chair debate, so that that's going to be uh, uh, something uh, that people may be interested, especially those that, in, within the party. You know, they want to they want to see what the direction of the national party is going, and this is going to be a, a good time to to get your questions in for those for the those few that are seeking the the opportunity to be the chair. Uh, so, like I said, please go oklp.org and. Uh, take a look get a buy a ticket to the convention yeah we're definitely actually going to show up there we're talking about getting a booth and and we were asking him earlier exactly what that entails and stuff uh would you like to tell other people about that in case they want to get booths so um well we're 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 <coughs> limited on the number of booths that we could sell so it's you know we we've got uh um We've, we've got several of them, so different organizations like the, the Mises Caucus and, and uh, I think Roads to, Roads to Freedom Foundation has a booth and then uh, there, there's a few others. Um, but uh, so the, the booths are for different organizations that are close, closely tied with the Libertarian Party that we, that we like to, to invite so that they, that way they can drum up their support uh, for their, for their, causes and whatnot um so as for the booths, as far as the tickets are concerned we, we've got several different packages um that we have either all inclusive which includes both days for everyone and that includes you know the the dinner uh at the party at the end and uh lunch of course the the, the meal all the meals are inclusive so if you buy just a saturday only that includes lunch uh for saturday but that, that allows you, you know, the, the meet and the greet, the candidates, the, uh, the LNC chair debate, everything on, on that end. Uh, Sunday is most, is just going to be our business portion of our, of our convention. Uh, we, we've got a couple of elections that are coming up that uh, are pretty important. So we'll, uh, that, that's pretty much on the, the Sunday end. So like if, 
if nothing else, you know, if you if you're not interested in in in, in the business portion of it, by all means, buy a Saturday ticket, uh, buy a dinner ticket, come, and we'll like the party afterwards is it's not going to be any kind of formal. It's it's going to be an actual party. You know, we got cash bar, we got a silent auction that that we've uh, we get some great things going on with that. Uh, Aaron, our, our North Central Regional Chair. Uh, put out a challenge to all the other regions to come up with a, a basket basically to sell at the auction. And so all the regions are, are busy putting together baskets mm-hmm. to go into auction. So the silent auction is going to have some great stuff. Um, and we'll, we'll be making a few announcements on, on some things that will be in this auction uh, pretty shortly uh, here in the next couple weeks to uh, kind of help drum up support for that. Cause Oh, little things like that. This goes a long way. Those donations that we get, the fundraising we do at the convention, uh, are tremendous for the party, uh, especially for helping us build out. You know the outreach. You know we're trying to our biggest focus coming up in the next years. We're wanting to be able to table at the, both state fairs, and so that we have that visibility to to the to the state because you. Know, tens of thousands of people come to the state fairs and you know that that's one way of getting massive outreach and that that's one of our focuses and that's what we're trying to push a, a lot of fundraising is so we can do that because it, it it's going to cost us about twenty two hundred dollars to just the fee to do that it's not including all the other little things we have to do to, to do that plus the man labor to you know sit at the booth so you know this it's going to be an important year for us, and we're hoping that, you know, everyone comes to convention that you can help make all that possible. That sounds great. And obviously, we're going to put the links down below and stuff like that. Um, we, we put that on there when Kevin mentioned something about the, a little bit about the convention earlier this last week. So, like, we'll post that link up again in case you guys missed it. Um, did you have any more questions about the convention, Paxton? I kind of wanted to ask which which candidates had already uh, confirmed. Uh, so, as of right now, we have Max Abramson, uh, Ken Armstrong, and Mark Whitney have confirmed. Now, I don't, after this last week, I haven't spoke with Mark's campaign about what they're doing, but uh, as of two weeks ago that they were still on board with showing up. Um, but we, we've reached out to everyone. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, New Jersey scheduled their convention the same weekend. It was only about a month and a half ago though. And so, you know, we Vermin Supreme and Adam Kokesh had, had previously confirmed and, uh, decided you know you last couple of weeks of the well vermin's going to massachusetts because there's the same weekend that's his home state uh but well, but, but adam's going to new jersey and 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 to some degree i mean i, I understand why because new jersey has 24 possible delegates but uh, oklahoma only has 14 so that you know people are going to try to go to the bigger states to garner more delegates which is the, unfortunately the name of the game, and you know, 
Are you guys going to let uh, candidates who can't make it like do like maybe Zoom calls in? Or yes, something? we've uh, we've we've offered uh, them to <laughs> do uh, pre-recorded messages, and, and uh, we've the vice presidential candidates are, are seem to be taking us up on that that deal. Uh, granted, I as of right now, I only know of two pre vice presidential candidates. If if there are more. They need to speak out. <laughs> Make thyself known. Yeah, and, and you know, put a video together and send it, and we will. Uh, so that way, we can get you in front of uh, delegates. Yeah. Is are, are delegates determined by population? So the the when it comes to delegates to the national party, it's a it's a formula that is based off of. Uh, votes from the previous presidential election and members from that state of the national party. So there's uh, uh, in Oklahoma, we had a hundred and 165, 164 members of the national party from Oklahoma. Mm. And, and then it's uh, based off a, of, you know, how many votes went to Gary Johnson in 2016 uh, and what that percentage was of the total number of votes that he got is determines how many uh, delegates we get. So based off the, you know, how many people voted for Gary Johnson, we got like five delegates and then the rest of them were made up of, from the number of uh, members that we had. That makes sense, but it also kind of sucks because, like, it seems like a lot of people weren't happy with Gary Johnson. And and, and I was kind of one of them. I, I you know, he wasn't he wasn't my first choice, um, but you know, I ended up voting for him in, in 2016. Um, yeah, I but, didn't uh, want to yeah. vote for Jill Stein, and that seemed to be the only other option aside from Democrat or Republican. And neither of them were happy. I wasn't feeling happy with that. But yeah, it sucks. I mean, but that is it. It, it does make sense. Um, I was going to ask something about the the booth itself, but I can't remember. Are there any rules for the booths? Is there anything that we can't do? Because we'll probably <laughs> we do them if you don't tell us. What about prostitutes? Can we do prostitutes, free I mean, sex it's, work? Uh, you know, it, within, I, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't advertise it. I would say, you know, just for the purity effect of, you know, state law and whoever, you know, the, the venue itself. <laughs> um, but as far as anything else, you know, you know, Pretty much I, do whatever you want. <laughs> I solemnly swear I won't light up a doob at the freaking booth. <laughs> um, so there, there's kind of a, a thing, and this is more of the national convention than anything, is something called the Oklahoma Caucus. Mm. And um, what that really <coughs> historically entailed was, you know, they'd say, that, okay, they the Oklahoma caucus is going to happen over here. And that's where everyone from the national convention, all the delegates would go to go smoke. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know. No, I'll, I'll keep there's an there, for that. <laughs> I mean, last year we there, you know, we'd recess and then you'd see 50 vape pens get busted out. 
That's fair. Um, I mean, like, a big chunk of us went straight outside as soon as we recessed at, at the Arkansas one. They were like, recess for a minute, and we're like, okay, and everybody just goes right, like, it was like at least a fourth of us would just, like, kind of, like, bumble outside into big groups. I don't, I don't know the specifics of the of the venue, what they, what their rules are regarding any of that, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that that's probably going to take place. Mike will behave, I guess. I mean, like this is a face you can trust. Uh, I don't think I have any other questions about the convention itself. I don't know either. I think that we, we kind of, did we ask you, or did you say what the date was? Uh, March 21st and 22nd. Okay. It'll be March at the Stoke, Stokely Event Center in Tulsa. I need to write that down, actually. Yeah, you should write that down for us. I need that on the calendar. <laughs> Sounds uh, good to me. And I can't wait to come and meet all you guys. Like, I've met some of you Oak Okies. Is it okay to say that? That's not derogatory. Yeah, no, it's right? a, it's offensive. I'm 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 offended right now, Mike. Y'all get. I met some of y'all gravy drinkers, and you seemed pretty cool. <laughs> no, I like, uh, I play in the SCA and the people I love to play with the most are in Oklahoma. So hopefully I'll be back in Oklahoma a lot more in the coming years. So I'll have to harass you guys all the time. Okay. So uh, before we move into the lightning round, that's not really that much of a lightning round. Yeah, we always uh, fuck that part up and ask questions, but we try not to. Are there any other, like, big days for either the Libertarian Party or the, uh, the Oklahoma Libertarian Party, uh, other than the convention? Uh, well, just in general. I don't know about any yeah. other, like, important dates for us. Well, we're um, – I'm, I'm trying to get together and have kind of a, a big social event in June. Uh, I, I'd like to – I'm trying to – See if we can't schedule like a big cookout or a camping trip or something like that, where it's more of a social event. Uh, and, but but also be kind of productive too. You know, I want to like uh, had a great idea come come my way uh, here recently that I think would be great for all our candidates that that declare they're running for office this next year. Uh, you know, if we come out and then have a contest, you know, you get your best best elevator pitch, you know, a little 30 second spiel of, of why you're running and what you're running and, and whatnot. And, you know, the winner gets a hundred dollars donated to their campaign. Uh, possibly, you know, you know, people want to match funds to that, you know, I guarantee you can drum up some interest doing that. Uh, but, you know, like, you know, that's just one of the things that we got in the works. And like I said, the next biggest thing that we're looking towards is, trying to uh, get into the uh, state fairs. Um, really, as far as events are concerned, uh, my big push is to try to get the regions and the counties to where they do those things. Um, Canadian counties hit, hit the ball running. They, uh, they actually had an event tonight. Uh, it was uh, at a, what was it, a vodka place or something like that tonight where it's just kind of a little social get together and trying to get some more outreach doing that. Um, See, how do we find out about these? What, what, what am I missing? I'm in Cleveland County. Um, Cleveland County, this, this, it floors me. There's so many libertarians down there 
and so many of them have been active at one point and others just uh, haven't really had anyone that just wants to take the reins and, and run with it. And, and this is, this is, and I, I kind of preach this as well as like, you know, I get, I get asked, do, you know, do I need, I don't want to spend the $24 to be a member just to do this. I'm like, you don't have to do that. Mm. You know, if you, you know, you can get active in your County parties, you know, a lot of them, they don't even require dues and, or, you know, like Tulsa County doesn't require dues. Oklahoma County does it, but you know, it, we, we do that just so that we can have like a little nest egg, you know, to, to start with. But it's, you know, it's, you know, if you want to get started and, and grow in a county party, you can do that. You don't have to be a member of a state party to do that. You know, you, you just get people together and like, all right, you know, we're going to set this organization up and you set your goals, what you want to do as a county party. You know, we, we want to try to, you know, Y'all's DA down there is just absolutely horrible. So you know, like we need to we need to recruit a candidate that can run for the district attorney down there. So, but uh, you know, doing that, just all it takes is just someone with the drive and the passion to to, to just take the take the reins and go for it. Like I don't, you know, I, I get asked like, oh, I want to start a county. I was like, go for it, go do it, you know. So just to be clear, there's no like particular thing that I have to do. It's basically just organizing it. It's just organizing it. I mean, there's, I mean, we've, we've got like a, a paperwork type thing, but it's, it's really after the fact, it's not really in some big formal, like you got to jump through hoops type thing. It's just, you know, can you we, send me the paperwork? I can. <laughs> Make like some I, shit happen. I, I can send you a lot of stuff. I'll, I'll send you, you some. You send me everything you got. And I'll I, go through. I'll, it. I'll do that, and, and this is what I do. You know, I, I you know, I've got a, a sample set of bylaws, you know, to work off of that, you know, that a couple of the counties or even the regions use, and, and you know, you can change it how you like, and you know, you, you elect your officers, and you pretty much have the officers however you want. You just really, you know, by any kind of technical standard you only need like a chair and a treasurer hmm. and a secretary I was, so i was president for our deca chapter so it's kind of like right up my alley to like reorganize yeah. all that because there was nothing whenever i fucking came into that yeah uh, yeah definitely de send, send me the paperwork on that for sure yeah I, I can do that so yeah it's 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 not hard it's just it, the hardest part's getting people to show up that's really yeah. all the hardest part of it is oh yeah um, and, and just, you know, once, once you take the reins of it, you just, you go, you, you, you accomplish, you, you, you create your own agenda, you create your goals and you go out there and accomplish it. This is you know, what we preach is what the government should do is just leave everyone alone. You know, you, as a state party, we give the counties the, you know, you do your thing, you know, Drum up support and spread the message, you know, however that, what that ever that entails. So that actually brings up a good point. So my, myself, I'm, I'm very antisocial. Like I hate going to things where there's people just in general. And I know that's like a terrible setup for, you know, being a politician and everything, but you power through it. Um, that being said, how, how is it that you can get more people to come? How do you get more people involved? 
Um, that, that, that's the key, like you were saying. So really, I think it's... I mean, and, other than all offering prostitutes all, and weed. All, all, of it, all of it just comes down to marketing. It's just, it, it's what can you offer someone that, to get them interested? Uh, you know, like if you, like some of the, the organizations kind of that, that aren't part of the LP, but kind of loosely affiliated, like Liberty on Tap or something like that, uh, you know, they, they get speakers that come in, and that usually brings a little draw depending on what the subject matter is. Mm. So, like, things like that can kind of help, you know, bring people into the fold. Um, campus organization, uh, like, Cleveland County, just you're sitting on top of a gold mine with OU right there. Just, you know, you get, get, get students involved in it and, then it pretty much should just run itself the way I see it. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you think that we need to pay more attention to getting our own libertarian, like fellow libertarians and stuff, moving, or do you think that we need to be bringing in new people more? Or um, both? Yeah, it's I think it's column A, column B. A little bit of column A and column B. Yeah, um, it's, I, I, and I understand why it happens, but and especially here in Oklahoma, we have a huge problem with burnout. Mm-hmm. And and I I completely understand how it happens and why it happens because when you're such a small organization and you're trying to do something that, you know, you're trying to compete with the Republicans and the Democrats, you've got, you know, Republicans got 2 million members, you know, and, and of that, like 10,000 of them are active. You know, whereas yeah. there's only 10,000, 11,000 of us around the state, and maybe 12 of us are really active. Mm. You know, you know, it, you're you're trying to wear all wear all these hats and, and 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 do all this work to try to drum up more support, and it, it takes a toll on you. It really does, especially. Um, you know, I just. I feel, you know, I, I've got that passion to, to keep doing it. I'll put in 30, 40 hours a week just for party stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I don't get paid for any of it. So, you know, it's just, you know, I've, I feel my, you know, my time doing this is, is what I hope to accomplish is well worth the it's time well I put it. into it. Yeah, I mean, like, I hate – to sound like I'm complaining when I tell people how much money it costs to run this and the activist group around it and everything like that. But like, you know, if they, if you want to go do something, you know, you need to be transparent about that shit, I guess. I, do you think so? Or. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it helps. I mean, not a lot of people really ask about it, but you know, if, if they do, we we're completely open about it. Um, but yeah, and it does. It it. I mean, it does cost anything. Costs money to do, and so that's you know why we, you know, we're right now like one of the things we're we're trying to throw around, and and I, I don't know if it's really going to go anywhere. But like, so everyone, a lot a lot of people complain that well, why why does the Libertarian Party have dues to be a member? Well, it's twofold. You know we. We want to know, like, if you're going to be involved in voting for for our 
you know, the leadership and the direction of the party that you got some skin in the game, you know, and are like, well, the Republicans don't do that. The Democrats don't do that. And well, yeah, but so, we also don't have a bazillion million and billionaires either. Well, that, well I mean, it, and it doesn't even have to go to that. Like, <laughs> I, I'll tell people, I'm like, okay, you know, you, the Republican Party, you want to you wanna go to their convention and, and actually be the, the real one that votes for your your candidate because I was like, I'll tell people like these primaries are a sham. Like yeah, the, the, the Democrat just to get in the game, like it's not free. Yeah, it's like even your priest, like so, like they they say, oh, you just got to be a registered Republican. Well, then you gotta you gotta pay to get even into your precinct, mm-hmm. you know, convention. And if you make it, you know, if you get elected to be a delegate to your county, then you got to go pay your county one. And yeah, and I mean, like, it's not like the Libertarian Party asks for a lot. Like, how much is it a year? Or twenty-four. Like, yeah, and you yeah. could you could join the Torch Club, which is like what twenty-five a month or something. Uh, uh, that's, fifteen. That's fifteen. Is it fifteen? That's what I I'm paying remember. at least. I don't know. That, that's on that's on the national level. On, uh, on the on the state level, we just it's you know on the state we, level, we have a, it's just it's twenty-four dollars for the whole year. And then, and then, I mean, you obviously you can donate more if you want. Uh, there's really not, you know, a whole lot of difference. Like we're, we, we'd love to be able to have, you know, a different, you know, so, you know, someone's given us $120, whatever that it, you know, we, we could do something more for you, but we just, we're not there yet. Um, but you know, just, even to be to be a member of the state and the national level, you know, at forty nine dollars. That's all it is. And you know, you can you know, you can just do the bare minimum, you just show up to the business part of it. You know, you, you make all the other, you know, qualifications and it doesn't it ain't gonna cost you an arm and a leg and, and you don't have to, you know you don't you can be a nobody and still have a voice in the party not to mention like some of the most important people are the people out there doing boots on the ground shit and like yeah. not everybody has to pay to play in the game and contribute in this kind of which which is one of the things i like about this party like i told uh some of my own fellow libertarians here that this was kind of like my hail mary for parties because I've dealt with the Democrats and the Republicans. I've even worked with the Green Party and I've been burned by them all. And I'm like, this seems different. I really hope that it is because if it doesn't, I'm yeah. not doing parties anymore. Yeah, and, and one thing with the Libertarian Party, there's a lot more respects given to the activists than, than you know, someone who's just, you know, does the party stuff. You know, if you're if you're out there, you know, Man in, man in a booth at, at you know like pride or something like that you know and you're always on time to do that and you'll do it you know rain sleep snow whatever people respect that and, and they they absolutely you know they you get more recognition as an activist than than you know a a bill weld or someone that you know just brings in some a bunch of cash and lays it on the table 
Well, yeah, I mean, here, I haven't even had much of a chance to prove myself yet, but just coming in and being like, hey, I see that we probably should do all of these things, and I know how to do them, I want to help, has, like, just opened all these doors, because people are not like, oh, well, we don't trust you, or you're new, and you need to wait, they're just like, hey, wait, you know how to do a thing that we could use, get in here, come here. Give me, yeah. give me your number. Let me, let's get contact. I'm going to connect you with other people who can, you can all work together to do this. You know, like it's really easy to get involved here. I mean, as soon as you find them, cause like finding the libertarians is hard, but although like, uh, I heard that Paxton had a much easier time of finding them and I got super jealous. That's what I was going to say is, I mean, from what we've heard, like, you guys killed it as far as delivery goes. Again, it was a little bit more difficult to find than, like, you would find a Republican or a Democrat party. But as soon as I got involved, I was getting messages from you. I was getting messages from Kevin. Next thing I know, I'm in a Discord, and here we are doing interviews. It's a very yeah. quick, very clean process. Well, as yeah. soon as, it was the same here. It's just, like, as soon as I was able to actually find people, it was, like, bam, 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 bam. But, like, I just had a hard time finding people at first because I don't like Facebook. Yeah. I and, like, have a moral, you know, like, just, I, I, I have a moral reasons and, like, privacy reasons and all sorts of shit to stay off of it. Yeah, we're, we're I'd like to try to slowly transition off of it. I mean, a few years ago that, like, even online communication what was not even something that the the LP was doing and they went they only started a Facebook messenger thing and then that got out of control I'm like all right all right we just stop this crap altogether and let's you know use discord or, or use uh slack or something you know that we can you know cut out the noise and and you know have actual like productivity <laughs> with our you know, with communicating and whatnot, and it's proved very fruitful. And you know, it, as we grow that, that to me, I think is going to be much, much, much better than trying to just oh, well, we're on everyone's on Facebook, so you just like blast it on Facebook. Well, it's like not everyone sees it. How you do you know, feel about alt tech, even though it's not as big of a fucking audience? Like, do you guys think that we should, as a party, get involved with any of um, that and start using it? Because, like, I think it'd be amazing if the Libertarian Party would, had a Fediverse node. I am very open to it. I just don't... I, I, I kind of hesitate to see what kind of return to get on it, because especially in Oklahoma, like, the bulk of all your voters and stuff that's really you know, when it when at the end of the day it comes down to voters voting for your candidates is how you're going to get things you know yeah. changing and, you know people people will talk talk to your blue in the face about you know giving out libertarian ideals but if they're just going to continue voting for you know the you know the lesser of two evils you, you're not going anywhere and so you it know, might be a good place for us to have clubhouse meetings and shit like that, though, because it's secure and unmonitored, and no one can ever take us down. So long I, as we maintain it ourselves. If yeah. I might, uh, the the biggest things that I feel like we we could really kill, and I, I think you're you're kind of proposing that, is I think the libertarian superpower is focusing on the local level. 
I think that's where we can really kill it, getting on that face-to-face value, creating these cells of libertarians that are activists and volunteers and actually going out there to do things. I think that's the best way to keep growing us. And on the other end, and that's what Mike and I are advocating for. We want to make sure people understand when they hear libertarian, they don't hear boot on the head. They hear activists and volunteers. They, uh, they, they don't hear Tiger King. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, oh, are you a pedophile? And I'm like, no, I clean up roadsides. <laughs> the other end of that, as far as the uh, you know new tech, the new social media and stuff, I would say the biggest thing with that, yeah, there's a lot of people on Facebook, but what is the interaction rate of it? That, that's the biggest thing is you might have a million people see a post, but it doesn't really matter if no one's saying anything, if no one's sharing it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I Wait, think that's why I like Twitter. It's, yeah, yeah. Twi- Twitter, I think, has been a lot I better for like us. It. Um, it, it's the, the keeping up with it is, is where the issue comes because Twitter's almost like a 24-7 thing, whereas yeah. Facebook is like, you get by with a couple, you know, and some, you know, you get some interaction, but, and then and on top of that is what kind of interaction are you getting? Because we, I've, we've ran into this before. Like we make a, a post that is, you know, somewhat controversial or something like that. And you get 50 trolls that come in on there and just blasting you. You're like, you know, all, you know, out of your control of like these people are killing your message, you know, no matter what, what but even if it's someone sympathetic to your message it, it's you know it's is poison. that on facebook or yeah that's more on facebook it's just yeah, it's you know, like, if they do that to you on twitter it's okay because it still boosts your fucking vote yeah i mean it, it, it on on twitter it's one thing because it, it kind of it puts you, your tweets and stuff up towards the top whereas you know on facebook it's just like their algorithm is just set yeah, it's differently. Just really it's not weird. I don't like it. I want like, to know exactly what's happening as it's happening. I don't want them to order it for me and shit. Well, Facebook didn't even order it for you. Like, I'll get posts of like, oh, here's an event in your area. And I'm like, it happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> Coming up. Well, it was last week. <laughs> Is that uh, do, do we have a social media team? We um, we're we're talking about that last night at our meeting. We're we're you know we Kevin's been pretty much on top of our social media right now, and then a couple of us here and there will will get I gotta in there get you those guys those fucking interns. Yeah, and so we were talking about that last night at our our meeting. Is is one thing that we can look into is starting kind of an internship program, and we we're okay. talking about maybe doing a. Uh, like a three month or, or less two to three month type of internship uh, where someone we get college age, you know, someone in a, in a marketing or whatever to come in and give them brains to, to create a social media marketing plan and execute it. And, and it's, it, so that's kind of what we're, we want to look at because I think to us, as something that's we we've been we've been kind of missing out, and it's, it's one way, especially if we can get Instagram going or in TikTok or anything like that, to where we can reach younger voters before before they're ingrained in this, you know, red blue thing, or, or you know, just like okay, we're we're communist type See, deal. 
the internship, I, I'm going to have to read. I haven't touched base with the internship team because they're doing DECA and BPA right now. They're doing all the national stuff at the moment. So I know they're very, very busy. Uh, they just finished up with state. Um, but that it, it just seems like a perfect fit. The only problem that I can potentially see is that it has to do with politics. And they usually are not great at that. They they usually try to shy away from that type of stuff. But on the other end, at least how I would pitch it is this isn't really about politics. This is about learning how to market appropriately. Because here you have essentially a, a small business, so to speak, and you're trying to get the uh, word out there about it. Yeah, absolutely. I, so I, was, I was a business management major in college. And so, it, you know, I, I, would, I would pitch it even to, even to the other universities too, you know, you go to their marketing departments. It's like you don't look—you don't look at this as so much on the politics side of it. Is you look at this for the experience of, you know, you go out in the real world. You're—you you're, could be doing if you're, you know, like a, a, a with a marketing firm, mm. not with an actual company or something. If you're with a marketing firm, whatever, you could be doing marketing ads for like a product or a company that you just absolutely despise. You know, mm -hmm. it was like, but you still need to, you know, be able to come up with that marketing plan and, and, and execute it. And so, like, this, is, you know, it would be an opportunity, you know, to something that they can they can learn how to to do. And so that's that's how I would I would pitch it, you know, to the especially since it's the younger generation. I mean, they are as young as I think fifteen is the youngest age, and then you know, young adults. So these are people that understand how Instagram works, know how Snapchat works, knows how TikTok works. Um, and Ooh, we have Hong no Kong. idea. <laughs> Boo TikTok, free Hong Kong. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it seems like a perfect fit. Uh, and you're you're right. You know, it is a, a business thing. It's something that they can throw on their resume, saying we worked with this and we got this much interaction, especially with Twitter and Instagram, because they have uh, analytics on that. So they can say, yeah. I was assigned this task. This is how many people I got, and businesses love that. Absolutely. So yeah, on definitely gonna have to hand, reach out to that. On the other hand, if you guys end up needing any help, you know, I don't know all the uh, TikTok crap, and I don't I'm either. learning about Instagram We're from the youngins, and I'm watching a lot of tutorials. But I know like all the Twitter and stuff like that, and all tech and Minds.com and shit like that. So if you guys need any help, I don't give a sh I don't give a crap what state I'm in or what state you guys are. If it's for liberty, I'll help. I my I got lost on with mines. I, I I started in it, and then it just like took off, and I'm like, I it don't got understand so big, it so fast. I really enjoyed watching it grow, but we can't get anybody to join our effing mines group. Period. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Like we keep posting, and our stuff gets seen, and people like it, and they vote it up. And I just I'm like, okay, well this is just a hub then. And I'll post it in all the libertarian channels here too, and people will see it. But like, I, I'm still like, I I think we need to just get people on minds with us to start helping us spread it and get people into the group or something, maybe. Because like doing it like solo is not real helpful, apparently. You're yeah. just kind of talking to yourself. Now, yeah, like. My my personal minds account does better than the group. Now that being said, uh, do we want to go ahead and start the uh, not so lightning lightning round? Yeah, because we fuck we suck at that. Oh wait, before we do, are we gonna let him? Oh wait, we do that afterwards. Never mind. Okay, lightning yes. round first. All right, are you ready for this, sir? 
Let's go. It's going to be super fast, except for not, because we keep getting distracted and asking more questions. And uh, I'll start, and then he'll do one, and then we'll just go back and forth. There, Some of them are kind of inane. Beware. Like, uh, we'll start with the easy one first, which is usually, what's your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Very statist of you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite uh, snack? Uh, chips and salsa. That's my go-to. Dude, do you have a favorite restaurant, chips and salsa? Like, favorite? <laughs> We've already ruined it. <laughs> I, but uh, chilies is next level chips and salsa. That's all I'm I, saying. I hate chilies. I, I won't. I won't. Stop in the interview. In the interview. In the interview. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Oh my god! I, I've had salsa? a bad experience. <laughs> a top bad experience. No. Um. Uh, one of the best places I went was this Mexican restaurant down in San Antonio, and I, the life of me, can't remember. It was a little mom and pop place, but it was just. Oh, those mom and pop places top. are always the best, to be honest. Um, your turn, Mike. Oh, it's my time. Okay. So, what's your favorite mixed drink? I, I don't drink anymore, but it, it used to be rum and Sprite. What's rum your favorite? and Sprite. Well, then, what's your favorite non-alcoholic beverage? Right now, I'm just on a unsweet tea. <laughs> unsweet tea? I've got well, my with, tea. With, with like Splenda. My sweet tea right here. It, it it I I was like the Sonic I get it with that the Splenda raspberry. Hmm. I just get the regular tea because I'm trying to pretend to diet. Uh, <sighs> do you have do you have a favorite book? Um, not really. I, I be honest with you, I don't read books per se. But I'll read the hell out of Supreme Court cases. <laughs> that's fair. Hey, that's fair. That counts. First book that we did in our book club was the Constitution. So yeah, we sat down. We've got people asking to read the Panama Papers and uh, the Federalist Papers, and right now we're reading Anarchism, uh, Emma Goldman's Anarchism and other essays, and it's all just a collection of essays. So. <laughs> like the only book I've got close to me right now is I got. My Robert's Rules of War sitting on the desk right here. There you go. Okay, so like, do you play D and D? And if not, have you ever played it? No, never. Never, never. Oh. <laughs> Heard well, about it, just never, never played it. Never. Well, never we know time, what we're so. doing late night after hours. At <laughs> yeah, the, we're gonna at have the to get him and we're Kevin. We're gonna have to have a libertarian D and D game. There we go. <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite dessert? Um, probably cheesecake, oh, yeah, or cheesecake. or one of I I make mm. fried I make fried pies, so you know that that'd be either you know tied like with making cheesecake with Greek yogurt. Have you been to the Andarco fried pies? Is it Andarco uh, or Ardmore? The Arbuckle fried pies. Yeah, Arbuckle. Yeah, mine mine blows out of the water. Do the they ones, now? The ones I make at home, yeah. Well, it's just they're so the convention. We'll sell well, they're, they're so labor intensive. Like, Prove it. <laughs> it. It to to make a batch of like fifty of them. It takes me like twenty hours to make it. It's just ridiculous. Wow. Well, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> 
Okay, so like when you're really stressed out, what do you do to relax? Um, just trying to learn something. Um, I, I'll uh, get, I'll immerse myself into to some subject that'll just pop in my head, and it's kind of a curse. I have OCD, and so like if I if I start thinking of something. I research it all the way up and down and I get to learn every aspect of that thing. And, and I can't let it go until I've accomplished that. And so it's really, you know, letting loose on that's really my stress reliever. The other, you know, the other thing is, you know, I've been going to the gym a lot lately. My wife, you know, and I have been really getting into that. So that, that kind of helps too. A lot of people say they exercise and it lessens their stress. I, I used to not believe it. I used to not believe it. And, you know, I was just that myself. I was like, oh, I hate it. I hate it. You know, but it, it, it really does. You know, I, you know, I can, you know, I go work out and I can just immediately feel my blood pressure go down. Yeah. It, it chills me out too, honestly. Um, you got the next one, Paxton? Can you remember anymore? No. Um, what's your favorite recreational activity? If I had one. <laughs> no, um, I, I, I like dabbling and playing with electronics and stuff. Home automation is like, you know, my thing right now. In fact, I've got a, right over here, I've got a Raspberry Pi with a seven-inch screen that I'm building a home automation hub and try to program it. Hmm. That's it's gonna it's gonna take me ten years, and the you know technology is gonna be out there where, you know, like a Samsung smart things is only gonna be like five bucks, and like uh, this thing's cost me fifty bucks, and it doesn't even have half the functionality. <laughs> That's like I built my computer, and uh, by the time I had it finished and figured out and working correctly, they were like, "Hey, here's the new thing for it." And I was like, "Fuck!" Oh, this was supposed to be like cutting edge right here. Uh, yeah, it was like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a uh, a favorite TV show that you're watching right now? Um, actually, even? Um, I, I finally broke down and started watching Star Trek Picard on CBS. Oh, man, what do you think uh, about it? Don't give anybody spoilers because it's still new. But I actually, like actually kind of like it. I, I like the direction they've gone with it. You know, that it's it's a little bit of, uh, you know, it's it's gone away from the traditional Star Trek sense. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's still in the same universe. And so, you know, I, I kind of dig it. It's giving me all these weird nostalgia things because, like, the Star Trek that I actually grew up with as, like, a teenager and young adult was fucking Star Trek Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. So, like, Picard was the man. And, like, yeah. even when I was younger than that, like, I think it was, I think I was younger than that when he first came on. I, don't, I think it was, like, about junior high or something like that. Uh -huh. And so, like, having him there and it's him and, I mean, geez, it's just, like... Oh, I've ruined the fucking lightning around talking about a show I like. <laughs> I totally, yeah, we're not very good at I, it. I totally second that 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 show is freaking awesome though. Um, I can't remember any more questions either. So the next step would be to say, we've been bombarding you with questions all night long. If you uh, do, you have any questions you'd like to ask us? 
we will totally answer them. It's only oh. fair. I really don't know. <laughs> it's okay if you don't have any. Sometimes people are like, I have no idea. I don't know what to ask you guys. Yeah, I don't. I don't really we have just, much. Just, we just give you the option because it's fair. <laughs> but uh, the thing I I'm looking forward to actually meeting you face to face. Come up in March. That'll be super fun. I'm I'm expecting it to be super fun at least. Mm -hmm. yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, well, did you have yeah. anything else to add, Paxton, before we move on? Or did you have anything else you'd like to say that we didn't touch on tonight? I think we pretty much covered We've it, talked know? about all sorts of stuff. It's been freaking great, honestly. Thank you very much for coming yeah. and talking to us. And thank your cat for being patient with us taking all your attention away. <laughs> well, during the break, she got fed, so that she'll, she, she leaves me alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they if you, do that sometimes. If you would like, go ahead and do any of your uh, uh, plugs again. That way everyone can see them and we can throw them all up at the yeah. end here. Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, the, the, I guess I'll link it down below to the, the uh, OKLP.org. Uh, it used to be just slash convention or take you to, but I think it, something happened and now it's just like a big long thing now. But you just click on the 2020 convention up top. And it'll take you there, and it'll show you everything going on about our convention. Uh, we got our, get our keynote speaker is Andrew Heaton. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's a he's a comedian. He's pretty pretty well known around. Uh, he's actually from Oklahoma, so which which is a kind of a plus. And uh, he's he's also going to be uh, headlining at, at the national convention as well. Uh, Kim Ruff is coming to be a guest speaker, Ooh. so she'll be coming talking to us. And then uh, just, you know, this year we're, it's going to be, if, if any of you listeners and, or anyone following the podcast have been to an Oklahoma convention before, this year is going to be completely different than anything we've ever done before. It's much bigger, much better. Just, you know, we're, we're here celebrating the Libertarian Party and what we've accomplished, you know, over the, the last several years. And, especially what, what we have as a state party, what we've accomplished just within the last year. Uh, so it's a big celebration for that and, and, and looking ahead to the future. So we, we'd like everyone that, that can make it out to come out. If not, you know, shoot us, shoot us 10 bucks, shoot us 20 bucks to help us, you know, accomplish our goals that we got going forward. Yeah. Is, is there anyone uh, off the top of your head you can think of that, you think would be fun for us to interview? Like we've already done Kevin, we've done yourself. Uh, yeah, we are taking suggestions these days. Well, I mean, we want to hit up everybody we can. More yeah, Aaron, yeah, we Aaron, Aaron's always good. Rex is good. Uh, I mean, uh, just... Those, those, those are like off the top of my head for, for OKLP members there. That'd be great to interview. Um, another, you could try to, you know, get in contact with Adam Kokesh and interview him. I, I'm, I'm like, he's, we are he trying does. to, we are uh, trying to get a hold of him. Actually, we got some contact stuff for that. That's 
we're going to really try and get them to come talk to us. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and Adam by himself, he's, he's great. He's, you know, he real super, you know, just good guy. Um, but yeah, those be the ones off the top of my head. Well, heck yeah. We'll put those on the list and, and look into them. Definitely. I have a long list. <laughs> yeah, we're we're building them up. I, I want to bring in everybody basically and Paxton's like, well we we can only do one a day. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that is everything. Uh like Mike said, we really enjoyed having you here. Uh it it's been a great opportunity to, you know, spread the word of the Libertarian uh, party in Oklahoma and get the word out about uh yourself and yeah, we're we're looking forward to the convention and we're we're hope hoping that this will draw in more people for it yeah and i mean i could have probably asked you fifty thousand more questions i hope maybe one day you'll come back yeah or, or you get on our discord channel and you know i'm i'm, I'm on there I'm, I'm open to anything so am i allowed to join y'all's discord channels yeah we, we, no we. don't let him in there <laughs> I, I I need a safe space from them. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> well, anyways, if you guys liked what we had to show you today, if you hated it, if you felt weird about it, if you want to talk about it, get down in our comments, like, share. I mean, if you liked it, like it. If you didn't like it, then I mean, go fuck yourself. Um. Please share if you if you can because sharing really really helps us. And you know we've got we're gonna have links below about um, the plugs and stuff that we we were given today by Chad. And we're gonna have um, links below where you can get in contact with us. We're gonna have a Discord link where you can jump in the Discord and actually join the conversation. And like you know if you if you want to support our attempts to dive towards liberty, you can go and buy yourself some real nice merchandise. I've got like myself a good Mad Liberty shirt here, and there's all sorts of stuff you can do. We have a subscribe star. We take Bitcoin. We take Ethereum. We take BAT. Um, and so does the Libertarian Party. They take so Bitcoin. So does the Libertarian Party, <laughs> at least in Oklahoma. Um, you guys just uh if you can't give us money that's okay come in here and give us some time give us your thoughts if nothing else but like what we really would like people to do is come join us in getting active and organizing towards us being able to get active locally too um until then you guys be safe be free this mad liberty break well it's a tea party this mad liberty time is adjourned. <laughs> <laughs>